Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Off the Fair Pole episode. I don't know what episode we're on. Uh, I think we're on episode six, season three. Off the Fair Pole with myself, Trip 17, Mr. Derek Holland, and Mr. Van Dyer Maker. Before we get started, we do want to fill you on one of our new rules that we now follow throughout our podcasts that started the last podcast. So you guys know, if you didn't listen last episode or you're new this time, you know we've always had the sound, which which means that you said something that everyone finds funny or agrees with. Then we also have the doo-doo take sound. But now there's one more sound that debuted last week. Yeah. And and there's a running competition as to who gets the most of these. And so far, Terps is winning with one. And it's kind of funny that Dyer's not gotten one yet because <laughs> might be his favorite soundbite of all of them. 100%. But you, but you but here are the rules. You have to really earn the and it can be disputed, and you're can become a no not that one whoa what was hold on hold on what was that that was a that was a grenade <laughs> that bombed. Be, we need yes we that have bombed. to use that oh you're take you're take bombed it's a <laughs> i might get to debut that here in about five seconds when i get to go <laughs> i mean you gotta be careful in there because you, your take might just become and then we just got to get rid of all of it you know that's true the grenade won't even last i don't think that i don't think i'll be that far but, I'll, but, I, but 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 before you start real quick oh yes sir over under half a for dire this this, this podcast hmm. over under get, half I, uh i have to give him i think he's gonna get it because we do have to talk about ufc and he does knock that out hmm. of the park because there's the, a lot of the there's, fight there's fight. fights yeah and the, and the fake fight that turned out not to be as fake as people thought yeah so i, I he he has a chance to get one so I, I said higher so. at one and a half? Make good odds then? No, because he's still trying to get it because he couldn't mm. fuck it up. That's the thing. He <laughs> could still he could have like a great talk about the UFC and the and the fight, but he can still fumble the bag. And just end up with just a you know, just go from to just real quick. I, I think he would get a ding. I'll give him a ding, but he would not ding, but he, yeah, but he the, won't get a he won't get the no. Uh, dire question for you here. Um, you. Do you feel any pressure to get your to get your first, or are you just gonna let it come as it comes? I kind of do feel a little bit of pressure, to be quite honestly. Hey, yo. I, do, I do feel a little bit of pressure. You know, I feel like that guy that's like supposed to be good. He's starting the season out over twenty, though. You know, basically, I feel like Framil Reyes. So, you know, that's that's where I'm at right now. They had a slump buster. Get you back See, on track. You know, you know, it'd be really embarrassing because you know. Um, our editor likes to give us commentary sometimes when he when he when he edits these. It'll be really embarrassing if Gnome got a before you. He gets one anyway because <laughs> he's editing. He has to have one because he's editing all of our shit. So are we just gonna give him a? Yeah, he gets one. Okay. So Gnome, has, Gnome, they, Gnome is now tied with you for one for for, for woos. But so that damn it. Yeah, there you go. Die now. Now you really gotta. Who's gonna be last? You or you or Derek? Uh, gotta be Derek. Yeah, I think it might be me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think it might be me. I think I, I'll be trying way too hard to get to that, <laughs> and that's why I don't think I'm gonna get it. I think Dyer gets it before me. Okay. Okay. Well, without further ado, Derek, floor is yours for the first uh, potential grenade of the. Well, of the I don't. Season. I don't think it's gonna be a grenade. This is kind of more directed towards the 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 chat, um, both yours and mine, and. I know Dyer doesn't have a stream going, so yes. once we get him, hopefully we'll get him eventually. We'll get that. 
Um, that's where I think he should get the grenade is because he has horseshit internet that we can't even call, see him. Call my local internet provider, Kinetic by Windstream. Tell them to hook up the fucking fiber that they that they dug up the entire street to lay eighteen month, fucking months ago, and haven't opened it up to the area yet. He said month. That just the internet's so bad that it cut out the. the oh, H I thought part. he said monk. I just said month. <laughs> eighteen months. Eighteen months ago. I feel like a fucking monk with all this shitbag oh, internet. You know. But oh my. Uh oh, there he goes. Can you guys he... hear that? Yeah. No. Yeah. What? That's my headset it's like making these fucked up noises ah. internet He's... headset my pets heads are falling off you're, you're just you're just falling Did apart you... over there is it still bad or no that's good it's like every time i move the cord it makes a fucked up noise. so you've just been transported back to the early 2000s where you have to wrap your your ipod headphones around the ipod multiple times to make sure that you get the proper connection to listen to your song is that is that what's going on right now dyer can you hear me? Yeah, Fuck. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no. What the Christ? I think he deserves. It's not even anything bad. I think it just fits perfectly for the the siren. Well, I was gonna do the siren one. It's like that's what's going on right now. Yeah, he's in trouble. He's trying, trying to get it right. We just got we we we. Dyer's just got a you know. You know what it is? He lives in Ohio, and Ohio right now is just just getting beat up you didn't make your yearly sacrifice on time and now you're just paying the price the air quality here is so bad from the train derailment that it's even started fucking up my electronics forget my lungs is bobby belt which the guy i get to and this is why bobby you need to stay in here because i'm going to talk about it what happened today uh but here in a second but bobby just said your headset is just a tin can and string <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what it is then you should upgrade from like are you just using twine because I, I would recommend going to fishing line dyer you might get a little mm. better connection then twine phrase a little too much you know good luck yeah by the way bobby uh this weekend too please come to the house and try some more of my butt because we got the fights on saturday hey yeah. um no so now what i want to dive into because like i said for the stream and uh i'm sure people that listen to they'll, they'll hear about this and maybe it interests them or whatnot but uh, two things I'm going to talk about. First thing is uh, something, or first thing is a, a TV show. Um, and I was wondering who has already dived, or would you say dived in, dove into it? Uh, dove into the show. Um, it's called The Last of Us. I have uh, not. Damn it. So that's where I was. I, I was, you were definitely one that I thought for sure was, had seen it. Now, uh, now, now our editor did. is balls deep in it. Okay, so he he'll understand. I'm I'm not. I'm only one episode in, so I'm not going to say too much. Um, I will say that. Thank you, Bobby. I know you are. I did get a little emotional in the first episode because I hate seeing stuff that was happening. Um, for Terps, I know you. Are you? I know interested the gist in seeing of it. it. I know the gist. I've played the game, and they're following the game pretty like pretty heavily. Pretty heavily. Not only heavily, but they're keeping things in the like. They're not. The one thing I like about it is. They've, there's been some controversy about it and they literally just say we don't give a fuck we're literally following the script of the game and that's like what i love yeah. when it comes to like you know adaptations is when they don't change something they just kind of keep it because it's so integral to the game and from what i've heard it's amazing and also yeah, pedro pedro pascal who's the 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 main one of the main actors on that that dude is just like living it up right now because he's also the mandalorian 
Mm. And he's also the dude from Game of Thrones, the one who did like the who fought the mountain and died. But he got his head exploded. Huh. He also did that, and he was in the main in Narcos too. This man has had a crazy ten years of acting. Well, with so, that being so, said, so he he gets a. Yeah, that's a good. I I had no idea about that. I don't think he, I don't think he's missed yet. I don't think he's missed yet. Um, I don't know what's going on with Dyer. I think he's on the moon right now. Um, so we're trying to get some communication there with him. I don't know if he started watching it. I'm assuming Dyer. Uh, can you give us a microphone breath twice? You know something. Any kind of sounds. One for no. Two for yes. Or we can go the other way if you'd like. All right, so that was good. I, I don't know if he's seen it, but it is it is something I strongly recommend. Uh, I was talked into it. I thought it's a, an incredible show so far. I mean, again, I've only seen one episode, but it definitely had me locked in. I was, for somebody who is tired getting ready to watch this, I actually, like, I kind of, like, woke up and got into it. Like, I, I would have watched episode two, but it was an hour and 30 minutes for the first episode. So I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to make it to the next one because I got to go to bed. But it so far is a really good show. And in my mind, this is just me being me because I like to just think about the most ridiculous stuff in the world. This, to me, feels like what the future could be, you know, with everything that's going on. That's how crazy it is. Now, obviously, we're not going to get zombies and all that but then again who knows why not i mean i feel i feel like i feel like the earth could do with a good zombification at this point I, anything's possible i mean but I will, now i'm talking about uh the last of us um, everyone i've heard who's watched it everyone i've heard who's watched it including including our editor um no one was talking to me about it and he goes you know how i knew it was a good show was that my wife was upset when the episode ended because that's how i knew it was like a top tier show yeah, it's. I mean, and, I, like that's everything I've heard about it is that is that people are upset that the, that it's not longer, and everyone it's it's like another, it's almost reaching that Game of Thrones level of excitement when it comes to because Game of Thrones owned Sunday night for a very long time, like Sunday night, you would sit down and you'd get ready for the new Game of Thrones episode. That was it for eight years. Yeah, uh, if not long, I know it was like ten years because they they skipped a year. Yep. But like that, that was it. You got, and now it's Last of Us. Last of Us is a Sunday, you know, you know, Sunday sit down, you you get a blanket, you get a beer, and you watch Last of Us, which is, from what I've heard, amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a so far so good. Uh, so I, I strongly recommend that. Um, the other thing that I was trying to share, which was pretty funny, and that's why it's funny that Bobby Belt is here, who does the morning show for those that are in Dallas. If you ever listen to him, uh, they're on from. We'll go on Bobby's time from 6 to 10. Uh, but that is the morning show. It's the Sean and RJ and Bobby. Um, I'll get to that. Okay, cool. Episode three is interesting. Nice. Well, and accurate uh, and and accurate to the uh, to the game. That was the episode that a lot of people were upset about. And it's kind of funny because the people who were upset about it were the ones who didn't play the game or didn't know like the actual backstory to it or like, uh, and it's just interesting to see that because for once a show stayed accurate to the game and people are upset about it, which is unusual because normally it's like the other way around. People get upset because you don't stick to the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, they so, said too that the sales for the game have skyrocketed. Oh, which yeah. I'm going to be one of those people that gets it now because I would like to get into it. Phenomenal game. Like 
great and what's funny is now you'll have played now you have watched the show and then you'll play the game and there are moments where they they literally take the game dialogue and they put it in the movie yeah i like that so it's like it's that kind of thing and uh they did a really really good adaptation for it but, but uh yeah, so that that's the show I want to try to get people on. Maybe if you guys get on it, we can talk about it next week or whatnot as, you know, just something like, hey, what'd you think? Um, but the other thing, too, is uh, so yesterday, again, like I said, Bobby is in here. And one of the uh, funniest things about that is I decided I was going to try to make something interesting out of seeing uh, Sean, uh, one of the, the morning co-hosts with uh, Bobby was at the Mavs game. We went to the Mavs game. He was sitting across from me. I was with one of my buddies. And uh, we made eye contact Whenever we looked at each other. And all of a sudden, I said, hey, Sean, let's go get a shot. Well, first, he was like, show me his beer. Sorry, he showed me his beer. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not drinking that. I'm good. Let's go take a shot at halftime. So I invited him to go over there, take a shot at halftime. He tells me no. Uh, what really is said, and that's why I'm trying to be funny, and I know somebody's going to take this the wrong way whatever but because it's not meant it's just a joke but uh you know we we he said hey come down to uh, the patron lounge well i was like no i'm not going to the patron lounge patron lounge for those that don't know what the the mavs game is more of like the private secluded like you know you got to have a certain ticket to get down there yeah, and then yeah. go in there i have the ticket but i don't care and so i said no i'm going to be with the rest of the people come and hang out there let's take a shot and he didn't respond um because i literally i can even look at the text and everything he did not respond or no he, he did sorry he said okay cool and then i go down to uh the jack daniels club i'm getting ready to take the shot i get a bunch of shots it's it's tradition for me if you go to a mavs game you're taking a shot of tequila at halftime or if you come up to me and i have extras you're going to get a free shot of tequila because I usually get about eight to 10 shots of tequila and we pass them out to my buddies and uh, the girls come. that are there, like everything. Yeah, you're, everybody's more than welcome to. So we go and we uh, go to take the shot, take the shot with these guys and gave them out, gave a couple girl shots. We were all just taking shots together. Sean didn't show up. So I go back to my seat and I had texted him. I was like, hey man, we, we're trying to take a shot. Or no, sorry, I was still there. I was like, Sean, we're taking a shot. Where are you at? And he just tells me, I'm back at the seats. We wanted to watch Luca. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, oh, you've changed. He didn't say anything. <laughs> Go back to my seat. I start texting RJ and then and Bobby at the same time. I said, hey, you're never going to believe this. Sean just big league me. And they started laughing. And I said, look, I'm going to make a video. We're going to make this kind of funny. Let's see what we can do. And you guys can bring it up. Before I could even get to do the video, RJ already stirred the pot and started telling Sean, oh, it looks like you've big league Derek. You go to a game and now you're too big time for him. Then they start going back and forth. It was pretty funny, whatever. They're going at it. Then finally, I get to the upstairs uh, bar after the game. Same thing. I went to Jack Daniels again. I said, all right, if he's there, cool. We can take a shot together. But I know he's not because he's going to take off. So I went up there and I got a shot. And then I made a video. And the video is me just sitting there. I said, man, I tried to invite you to come take a shot with me. You didn't want to take a shot with me. So here I am. I'm going to take this shot with uh, all my friends. Like, and jokingly, there is no friends. I said that. I said that I have no friends. And then I take the shot. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to just go home. And then I left. So they played that today. It was pretty funny. He tried to cover it up and make it seem like, you know, 
it wasn't that big of a deal. So just a weird story. It was funny. He just reminded me of it. That's why I wanted to at least share it. So it was who, definitely, who, it was funny. Who doesn't go to have shots with their friends? Well, that's the thing. You go to a Mavs game, it's got to, that's why the Mavs lost. I blame the loss uh, on Sean because he did not come down and take the shot. If he would have taken the shot, Mavs would have won. Everybody likes free shots. If you see me at the Mavs game down at the Jack Daniels, all you got to do is just say, hey, did you have any extra shots? I'm like, yeah, I got one right here. You want it? Let's go. Yeah, I, I would, my, my chat's saying I'd take a shot. I, yeah, I'd take a shot. Well, everybody would take a shot. It's, I'm not, and hey, it's just like Bobby Belt said in here. Derek Holland, man of the people. Sean Sharif, man of one percenters. He just, knows, he just knows where his check came from. You know, yeah, I mean, and he was, well, he was there with somebody who is a, a very important person. Uh, I respect this man more than anything. He is, uh, he's, he's the chef up at uh, Nick and Sam's. Unbelievable restaurant if you have not been, so please go check it out. Not I will been. never, ever, or could I ever say anything bad about that man? Because uh, he's he's in a phenomenal dude, and he's always taking care of me, and I always want to make sure I take care of him. But they weren't there, so I can't get him get him any shit there. I can only give Sean truly the shit because he big league me. Samir didn't even know. I didn't text Samir and said, "Hey, you got to come take a shot with us." So that would be on me. Yeah, but, that, that and yes, I do. I give out my butt and my liquid freely. That is very true. If you want shots? I'll give you shots. You want some of my liquid? fine you can have it you want some of my butt cool you can have that too and hey have... with that being said that's brought to you by dude wipes i was ahead of you when i know whenever you need to clean up your butt or clean up my liquid grab a dude wipe not a sponsor but willing to be oh, um yes. we're open we'll give live demonstrations on the proper front to back as opposed to back to front because you know um, sounds like we need to send Dyer a, a 21st century kit. Eric. Yeah, we, we got to get, see, ah, poor Dyer. Wait, what about his, uh, just the camera on your laptop? You could use that. I'm assuming you're on the laptop. Well, he could also just, um, switch the microphone, keep the headset in cause he can still hear us and just switch the microphone input to the laptop mic. It'll sound like shit, but he'll be able to talk on discord. That's true. Big brain. Might have to help him on that one. But let's dive into uh, some baseball talk then while we try to get Dyer back by doing that. Um, Spring training is finally here. Uh, I know for the Ranger fans, I do want to say we had the alarming panic when good old DeGrom was sidelined for two days, three days, whatever it was. Got his first bullpen. I don't know when oh. his first game is. Uh, I need to do more Rangers research. I'm not saying to... nothing. No, I know. Well, you could. You could say I told you so going into this. I see, but that's mean. Because, like, here's the thing. Like, it's I'm not being mean. It's, I, it's... I, I, I want DeGrom to succeed. It's oh, just, I do too. It's just, no, you know what it was? You know what it was? So, so me, so me and my buddy Subtape, we sent, we, we both sent each other a text, and the text was the same thing. And it was, I've seen this movie before. Because it's like, it's not a shot at DeGrom or at the Rangers or at the Mets. It's just like, I've seen this movie before. Like, every year. And it's, it's, well, I just want to see one full year of DeGrom without injuries. Start to finish. That's all I want to see. And you will. I mean, you're definitely going to get to see all that. He's, I, I think, again, like I said, he's with a great training staff. I have a lot of respect for the Rangers organization. 
and their staff. I mean, they, there was, I was with them for a long time. Um, so I know that everything will be all right. I, when you spend that kind of money, I get it. Any precaution, you got to take it. You got to do it. Um, cause you, you want to get the most out of your product and with him, you're going to get video game numbers out of him. Now, yes. I don't know which I heard this and I, this is a good question, which I wish Dyer had his mic going. Hopefully he can get it to where he uses the laptop mic and, uh, everything too. So we might have to try to help him there. But the question was, would you rather get, uh, I think it was 25 starts out of DeGrom, but add one to his ERA. So if he hit, you know, like last year, he had like a two something, I think, or yeah, let's say it was a two something. So he'd be, he'd have a three ERA. So we'll say a 350 ERA. Or do you take DeGrom for 15 starts with his normal, you know, close to one ERA? As a Mets fan, I take the 15 starts. Here's why. Majority of DeGrom's wins with the Mets were one-run games. Yeah. And that's just the Mets. And I'll, I'll wait, you know, sure, I'll hear, well, Rangers have better hitting, hitting, and they're good at hitting. No, we were getting one run with Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Mark Canna, like, you know, Starling Marte. Before, like, we, we had good hitters. We had the sil- We had a silver slugger. With us the whole night. And for some reason, whenever DeGrom pitches, now it could be that the other team's also throwing out their ace nine times out of ten when you're matching up with DeGrom, but it was consistently, it was consistently one run games, sometimes two run games. And that extra point on the ERA in a one run game mm-hmm. is a loss. It could be. Like, you got to think it's just, just experience. One. It just takes one inning, though, to get that thing to go up like that. Yeah, but he's so consistent, though, that, like, it would take... Because he'll have so many good games, but he's just that's just enough blown games with him or just frustrating games there that it's, like, 15 with his usual. I know I'm getting 15 extremely good innings. It's tough because, like I said, just from experience, I've watched a lot of one-run games with DeGrom when there shouldn't have been. No, I get that. And hold on first. Dyer, do we have you back? Oh, I thought I heard him for a second. I heard him for a split second there. Um, okay, so let's... Uh, we'll keep going. So here's the other thing. I agree with you. Um, because I do, I do like that. I think for sure, you know, getting 15 starts is good. But I look at the fact of... If you give me those 25 starts and he's still got a 350 ERA... We're in every single game. It comes down to the bullpen. So that's where it's going to be no matter what. Even if he has his one ERA, like you said, in 15, or like I said, with 15 starts, it still has to come down to his bullpen because he's not throwing complete games. So with that being said, that's why I'd rather take the risk of going with 25 starts. He gives us a chance to win every single time he's out there. Like you said, yeah, a lot of his games were lost by one run. So now I have to really rely heavily on my bullpen. So I'm definitely going to, I'd rather have more DeGrom than less DeGrom. Hello? Hello? Yes. Oh, hey, I'm back. All right. I dug up my old Yeti mic. That's why you sound so good. (laughs) You sound, you you do sound pretty good. You sound a little sexy. So wait, so I don't know. I'm going to give you a. Did you uh Dyer, did you did you hear what we were talking about already or were you, were you searching for the mic at that time? 
I heard uh, some talk about DeGrom. That's okay, so so the question was, would you rather have 25 starts from DeGrom with a 350 ERA, or would you rather have 15 starts out of DeGrom with a 150 ERA? Actually, I'm going to give it a two. We'll say a two ERA. Uh, I'd say I'd say you got to go with the 25 starts because I think even Degrom with the 3.50 ERA is probably better than whoever it is you're going to get for those the the difference of the 10 starts. I mean, who's who's that? Who's going to be that guy? I don't think that's going to be anybody that's going to come in and and pitch like that. So it's probably got to be the 3.50 with the Rangers rotation. Yeah. I mean, you got Evaldi has a chance to do it. You have Martin Perez, who made all of his starts last year, if I'm not mistaken. He did it. No, but uh, I'm talking have... about I'm talking about who, in lieu of Degrom, though. Like, I mean, oh, those guys okay, are going to okay. be in the those guys are going to be in the rotation anyway. Who's going to come in in you'd what have, essentially amounts to that fifth spot? You'd have Dane Dunning. You'd have uh, God dang it, what's the other guy's name that they got? They picked him up. Uh... Uh, I forget the other guy. I guess but... I, I guess my counter to that dire would be the Mets do what they did last year without Degrom for most of the season. Wait, yeah. Say that again? So, the the Mets did what they did last year, hundred plus wins without Degrom for most of it. So if you build your rotation well, you can fill that hole, which they did for the most part. And the Rangers have gone out and got good pieces of, uh, for their rotation. So I think. I, I, I think the question is valid in the sense of, now obviously you want DeGrom out there more than you want other people out there, but let's say DeGrom was on, actually, yeah, look at DeGrom on the Mets three years ago, four years ago, and their rotation was not what it is the last two years, right? Then it made a huge difference. Say the same thing about the Rangers. What if the Rangers got DeGrom last year and didn't make any other moves? Would you still have the same trust in who's picking up those extra 10 starts? As you do now, now granted, it's untested because you haven't seen these new guys pitching True. in Arlington versus, I mean, you've seen them pitch elsewhere, but not pitching for the Rangers yet. So it's, it's that kind of like, I don't know. I, I, like I said, you, I think you missed what I was saying, Dyer, but I, I would almost take the 15 starts and trust the rest of the rotation just because I've seen so many 1 0 losses when DeGrom's pitched or 2 1 losses with the Mets where it's just the hitters whenever now I don't know if this is a thing but let let, let, let me ask you this Derek because maybe we're crazy but this has long been a theory with 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 Mets fans do is there a subconscious change in approach with batters when you have a lockdown ace like DeGrom pitching for you or is it because you're oftentimes when you're using a ace like DeGrom going to be facing that other team's number one guy that could lead a lot to those low hit low run outcome or is like a mix of both it could oh man you can go so many different ways but it's i think you're getting more of the the low side of it the uh what'd you just say the last thing um Sorry, I got sidetracked because I'm also watching Heaney here. I was trying to see who else was in the rotation for the Rangers. Want me to repeat the question? Yes. Okay. Yeah, if you don't mind, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. So this has long been like a running theory with Mets, not theory, but a debate with Mets fans. And um, when you have a, a pitcher like DeGrom, 
Degrom level pitcher, not not just a number one, but like number one in the league kind of pitcher. Do you think that there's a subconscious change in hitting approach by the batters, which leads to a lot of these low scoring games from the from like the Mets, or do you think it's because you usually end up facing the other team's number one guy when well, Degrom's do- on the mound? You always do try to match it up that way. You know, that's why there's always the number one on number one, you know, game day. Um, but once the rotations kind of get screwed up, you don't get to have that matchup because, like, maybe, you know. Yeah, right. Say the first three games is Seattle, and then, you know, we get a day off, and then we're playing whatever. Like, it just, the rotation gets all messed up. But nobody nobody's changing their approach with it. You got to give a lot more credit to that pitcher because a lot, like, for example, with DeGrom, Everybody that I've ever heard talk about facing him is literally saying it's it's like facing a video game. Well, no, this I'm not talking about I'm not talking like, about I'm talking about the like Mets hitters when DeGrom's pitching kind of thing. Because it's no, like, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. don't change like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was looking at it the other way from right. The, no, the no, other no. I'm, I'm saying so like when the so ground pitches for the Mets, historically right. the Mets do not put up run support. Right. No, no, Whereas no, with the you. other it's, pitchers they do. No, and I get it. And what happens is some of the situations it's maybe they are putting a little too much pressure on themselves because they hate seeing that he's doing yeah. so good and we can't put up the numbers that we should. Because like, for instance, you know, Jim Boogaloo could be pitching day two and he's terrible, but he always gets the run support. I've had that. <clears throat> I had that happen with me. I had incredible run support one year, but I wasn't pitching bad. I wasn't pitching great either. Mm-hmm. I was pitching good enough to, I finished with like a, I think I had a 405 or something ridiculous like that. That is like, that's the thing is like, it's, I guess just being comfortable and having that confidence that when you get up there, you, you believe you can do it. But then all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, we're in the seventh inning and we haven't done anything yet. We got too, too comfortable with having DeGrom. I mean, they're, they're out there doing as much as they can. I don't, they don't change their approach just because you're facing, you know, it was DeGrom and versus Scherzer. They don't change their approach. It's just, that guy, like when I had to match up against Verlander, it was like, I have to compete and stay in this game as much as I possibly can because he's going to keep them from scoring runs. I got to do my job, keep them from scoring runs. So it's just a constant battle. And I, I don't I don't think they're literally like taking it to where, um, I don't know. It's I, They're not changing their approach at the plate just because of who they're facing. So for, for example, just to, some numbers out there because i like obviously baseball statistics and you can say a lot of things and things can appear one way and they're not um the only pitcher who had worse luck with this statistically and it's a stat called tough losses um which is you put through put out a quality start and then lose by one yeah um degrom had 27 of them in uh since 2014 this is 2021 so since since 2014 through 2021 he has been uh he has earned himself 27 losses the only other the only there's only one pitcher ahead of him. I'm sure Degrom's now ahead of him now, but that That's was Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, yeah. Okay, That's um, a good one. He he's though he had 28 as of August 29th, 2021. So it, it's not because I don't want Rangers fans listening to this thinking that oh it's just a Mets fan like shitting on Degrom. No, like it's statistically they they looked at this they've looked at this year over year, and if the Mets scored the average number of runs they scored in games that Degrom didn't pitch it would have added between 15 and 17 wins to their season in the 2021 cycle. And that's just one year. 
So it, it, it and it's not like the the lineup wasn't hitting well. That's if you take like well how they hit when, you know, um, um, I don't know Zach Wheeler was pitching or when Bartolo Colon was pitching back then or 2021 when like um Cookie was pitching. You you take those numbers and you apply them to Degrom over the course of a season average, and that's 17 more wins based off of Degrom's performance staying the same. Yeah, so that's I mean, where and 17 wins is more than 15 starts versus 25 starts. That's yeah, a 10 no, start difference it. versus a 17 start difference. That's kind of where that's where my question was. Is like how much of that? Yeah, but nobody's like nobody changes their approach. Like, if anything, it's just more, you come into the game, like, more confident, I guess you could say, because we know that he's not going to give up runs. Correct. So that that would be the, that's the only thing I could really sit and say that I would know for a fact that's what guys would, that's that's how they are. They're going to come to the stadium knowing for a fact we got, we, we can win this today. Like, that, you come into that game 100% confident. Um I've I know that there's I've I've played I'm not saying any names at all but there's been guys that and I've probably been one of those guys that they would come in it's like I don't know what we're gonna get today are we gonna get this or are we gonna get that yeah so the confidence is a little bit different but yeah Degrom no chance everybody's showing up 100 percent ready to go I'm just I'm just it's just curious because it's a year over year statistic with them it's not like yeah. a and, no I and get what you were saying yeah especially with like the Mets with the Mets lineup too i mean the, the, the rangers can rangers can hit mm-hmm. soak in the mets and so it's like well if you, that was happening with the mets i'm just curious how it's going to transit to the rangers if we're going to see the same thing because well, now, data shows us that with pitchers of Degrom's caliber that does happen right but now we have a lot of different things too that's going to create more it could it could be tough against him with the shifts and all that stuff yeah i'll be curious to see how the shifts affect I mean, he's, but the thing is, too, with the ground, though, you're going to get a lot of punchies. So it's not oh, yeah. that versus, say, someone like Strowman, who's a ground ball pitcher. Mm-hmm. The shift might affect a little bit more. DeGrom's more times than not going to give you more punchies than he's going to get even give you hits. You know, the number of the number of sub five hit games that DeGrom's going to give you is going to be massive. Yeah. Just historically speaking. Oh, yeah. Dyer, your thoughts after our after my rant? He was just here. He was just here. What happened? Dyer, what'd you change? Damn it, Dyer. What'd you do? This is where Tyler edits this cut part out. Uh, The Yeti was sounding great, too. All right. Well, let's yeah, carry like, on. Yeah, like yeah, like Death saying Seager can hit close for you. Like I'm not the the thing I want the thing I want to be clear with like Death is it, it's not has nothing to do with the quality of the hitters on the team. It's more just a statistical. This is what's happened year over year over year with pitchers of Degrom's caliber, not just Degrom. Because you could argue Mad Bum had some of the had some insane lineups behind him, and in his prime and still had that issue. So it's, it's like, it, it's a little different. He said he got kicked out as Zencaster. You're still in. That's fine. No, it says he's offline. I know. 
Would he just click the link again, or how's that? Well, Craig will get everything. Yeah, and as soon as he rejoins, it'll put him back in again. Oh, now we lost him, lost him. He'll probably come right back. I'm going to come right just, back. He's, he's yeah. uh, I, thought, I thought it was an interesting, like... Hello? Hello? There he is. What the fuck is going on? I wonder why uh, that... Meow. You're yeah. in. You're good. Yeah, you're fine. We got you. Let me try and get back in Zencaster. Sorry. Derail. No, you're, good. you're good. You're fine. I mean, what, what more could you expect? from the guy in Ohio than a derail. <laughs> it won't let me restart Zencaster though. Uh, probably you're in, the... you're good. It says you're in. I got okay. green light. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hi, I'm back. All right. One second, then I got to do this. I know I had to cough and so I muted my mic and I don't know if that screwed something up. Ah, you're good. <clears throat> I guess everybody's good. Yeah, just check your Zencaster again. That's why we have Craig though. Always have a backup. Oh party. Oh hell. Oh back. Well really Zencaster's the backup. Either way. Okay. You're good. You're good. You're good. But yeah, I mean, so 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 the. Did you hear anything of what I was saying or what we were saying, Dyer, about Instagram or no? I heard it, but I wasn't really paying much attention because okay. I was trying to troubleshoot this. Well, we can. I mean, we don't have to stay in that one. It's yeah. We, we can go. move on. But, um. Well, let's just dive into this. What, what's everybody's thoughts on the bigger bases? After seeing so far everything with spring training, thoughts on that? They look hilarious. They're not altering the game in any way. Yeah, that's what I feel they, too. They I look mean. hilarious, though. Like, it just, the camera angle makes them look way bigger than they actually are. They, I mean, and two, it's like, I get it. Like, it's cool. They're, they, I mean, it's not cool, but they're, they are funny looking because they're huge. It's like giant pizza boxes out there. But at the same time, Look at the safety. You know, that's that's the big thing. Well, the, the big thing, too, is are you going to notice them in a year or two? Once you've seen them every day for a year? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to care about that. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you're, it's just funny right now when you see people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we'll still probably laugh at it then, too, because we know the differences of the basis. So it's just going to be something we're going to be like, ah, you know, whatever. What's really funny to me is the is that college is still smaller. Like, you know, guys come to college, go to the pros, and you know, what the fuck is this? Isn't that kind of backwards, too? Like, normally college is bigger. Like, the goalposts are wider in college football than they are in, in the NFL. And, you know, generally, things are easier in college sports than they would be in professional. But this feels kind of backwards where the base is larger. It's... It's easier, obviously, to touch. It's easier to slide into. You have more space, whereas in college, it's not. It just it seems kind of strange to me the way that it is. I wonder if it's just a logistical thing in college. Like you're talking about what, 32 MLB teams versus 
300 and something NCAA collegiate programs. It can't be that hard. Order some new freaking bases. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they're implemented. I just, I can just, they probably I can just will see be why it's not. Yeah. Uh, what about the pitch clock? Games are shorter. Games are averaging about two and a half hours. Um, a lot of it, there are some pitchers now who are having some difficulty with it. You know, if we're going to have the pitch clock, embrace the pitch clock at this point. Like, it's stupid. I get it. I don't like it. But if we're going to have, we're going to have it kind of thing. And the one thing I want to touch on is I've seen a lot of tweets about people saying to pitchers um, who give up box now or whatever, uh, saying things like, well, you should have just known better, blah, blah, you, sh you should be better. I'm like, we have to understand, Derek. And I'd like you, what, and Derek, I'd like you to talk about this a little bit because you can really like dive in on oh, this. Oh, I'm going to. But <laughs> when, you, when you have someone like, Derek, who has played professional baseball for more than a decade and has played baseball at a high level for more than two decades and has trained his body and his mind to a certain way of doing things. Technically, I've played in three decades. Okay. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. But, but anyway, that but... Be a freaking woo! That's impressive. Fine. <laughs> Dire any objections? No, I'm on board with that. Okay. It is quite impressive. But, but, thank you. You're welcome. But the thing is, is like when you have a guy like Derek who's played, like, who's act physically played for 20 plus years, has trained his body, has done all of that, and has gotten to a certain thing. And then he comes in to spring training one new year, and he's so used to pitching a certain way. He's, he's adapted his rhythm. He's adapted the way he pitches. Now they go, by the way, you got to throw in 15 seconds now. There's going to be hiccups. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen because now. And people say, well, it's easier to just throw the ball faster. Well, if you have a whole mental process and you have a whole pitch process and you've done it a certain way for years, it's not easy for everyone to switch that flip, to switch, flip that switch. Yeah, it's that all flip. about routine, you know? Yep. Exactly. You're, like you said, you're in, that, you're in that zone. You have that routine down. You've honed that a certain way. It's going to take some time for that to change. I mean, we're, we're creatures of habit, not just in baseball and everything. If your routine changes, you know, from the way you get ready for work in the morning, one little thing can screw that up and cause you to forget your cup of coffee or whatever it is to, you know, to, to relate that to quote unquote, the real world. Um, but I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Your routine's off a little bit now and there's going to be issues because of that. I think after, a few months, half the season, one full season, whatever it is, I think largely those will be gone, but mm -hmm. there is going to be a learning curve. Yeah. Uh, so do you guys want to say anything else before I dive into this? No, go for it. Okay. So here's the thing with me. Uh, I'm okay with the pitch clock. I, it's kind of somewhat grown on me. It just sucks that the way it's being used is we're basically punishing the guys that actually have pretty decent tempo. I was a guy that threw 12 seconds in between pitches. That's, that's how long it took every time for me. I was very consistent with that. Um, it becomes a, 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 big of an, a, a bit of a nuisance because of, one, the one thing that pissed me off the most was the run-in from the bullpen. Older guys are not trying to do a freaking John Rocker dead sprint to the mouth, okay? That's just common sense. Like, <laughs> for me, I, I get out there. I'm in good shape. I get out there pretty quick. The, what pissed me off, and I had the incident, which we've talked about before, you have until 30 seconds to throw your last pitch. Now, umpires 
have done this multiple times to try to get in the way of that when you get close to the 30 second mark rather than just letting it go and then okay boom there it is you were past it ball one that's it no big deal go through with that now the the other thing and i was talking to kinsler about well actually i'll get to that in a second because i did talk to kinsler about this too and he gets it too from this point of view and that's it um but we're not there yet so the other thing is with the pitch clock if anything let's add two seconds um the bigger thing to me i would say yeah 15 seconds should be plenty of time though to get your sign and go but it's just such a factor of of having the routine of you know come set sometimes what sucks is when you get into a a longer inning for instance and you're you know getting maybe hit around or maybe you're just not throwing many strikes that's where people are going to start having the issues because they're going to be like you're going to hear fans screaming throw strikes well that's as as a pitcher we step off the mound to gather our thoughts clear it for a second so that way we don't keep throwing balls we start folk like hey let's we gotta you gotta talk to yourself you gotta talk yourself out of it well we can't do that if you're getting the ball and you have to be done in 15 seconds or 15 second increments every single time so that's where that bothers me the most and even if it was 17 seconds i still don't think that's enough because of that situation now i get it overusing that 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 can obviously be a reason that's why we have the the pitch clock yes there are pitchers that tend to take forever when they do their windups and all their mannerisms that they got to do in between the pitch. I get that. A big one that stands out that I know he's supposedly he's already had an issue with it so far this spring, I think once or twice, but Karen check, I think is how you say his name from the Indians. Um, he likes to spin the ball in his hand and he kind of walks around and does a lot. That's going to be a factor on him. Um, the other thing too, is I want to be able to throw quality pitches, not rush pitches. We've talked about this before. I don't want to be trying to race the clock to try to make a good pitch and people. Yes. They're going to be like, well, you should be able to get the ball, go and hit your spot. Everything that you do, even in work in regular daily life, whatever takes time. It's a process. So if I'm rushing the process, how good is the product might not be as good as you want it to be. That's why you go to a subway sandwich or wherever i'm just throwing that out there it's they don't make it as fast as they can and it's sloppy they want it to be a sandwich that you can grab it hold on to it and it's not freaking all over the place same thing with pitching i want to be able to be under control and throw my pitches now granted yes the throwing i want to be able to make the quality pitch that's why the time i i just wish there if anything maybe add two seconds and see if that helps now when you get a runner at second Yes, I know we have digital for the most part. A lot of teams are doing that, having the earpiece so you can cycle through signs a lot quicker. I think that's going to help. But if teams are not using that and they're using the hand gestures, man, you make one bad selection or one bad call and he doesn't want that pitch, that's at least four seconds right off the clock. Now you're really screwed. So that that is something that bothers me. I just don't, the pitch clock is good. It just, in a way, I get it. It just sucks because we're really, you're really just taking away the the quality of the pitch. Now, the good thing is, yes, they are using it in the minor leagues, so those guys are getting used to it. But you're talking about guys like Scherzer, Verlander, all that. Now they have to start getting used to it. Now Scherzer's actually doing pretty good with it, is what I'm hearing and seeing. Uh, he's been very quick with it. But it's just to me, I'm not a, I'm, I'm truly not a fan of this because. This is a strategic game. So 
it's just like playing chess. You don't rush moves, as far as I know. I could is there a shot clock on on chess? Yeah, there can be. Yeah, there can be. Yeah, there's a. Like there's, how how long would it be though? Okay, so it's not a shot clock. You have the way chess works. There's two types of chess, well, multiple types of chess. But one of them is blitz chess, where where you have five minutes to play a full game, and every time you make a move, you hit a buzzer, and it stops your timer, starts the other person's timer. Regular chess, you get fifteen or twenty minutes. Same thing. Every time you make a so let's say like you move right you move a pawn you hit your buzzer that now starts my clock so i have to complete the game inside of my 20 minutes every time i make a move i hit the buzzer your timer starts again okay so yes and no not in the same way as like you don't have 15 seconds to make a move but you have to play within your time frame yeah no i get that so that that's the only thing i mean that that's where it becomes an issue to me is with runners that's in on second where you got to use multiple signs if you're not you i think everybody will be using the earpiece thing i'm assuming so i don't know if they do that's going to help a lot too um it's just like also with the shift uh talking with kinsler about it i see his point to it as hitters obviously it sucks when you do have everybody over there for instance he is a straight pull hitter so they always would shift him it does take away from him but I would always mention to him, like, well, when you try to go the other way, like, is that is it that hard? Yes, it is. It's not the easiest thing in the world. So I respect it. I get it. Um, I got to play with both where the shift was, well, actually, sorry, the shift was, the shift wasn't really a big deal when I first got up. Nobody was, like, shifting dramatically like they were where it was, like, four outfielders or you know, the, the guys all piled over in the right side and you have just your third baseman and, and uh, over on the left side. So that I've seen both sides of that and that's fine. I, I'm okay with the not so much shift. Um, the one that really pissed me off the most that I don't like is the number of step-offs. Again, that goes back to what I said is if I've thrown two straight balls to a batter, I want to take a second. I want to I want to step off, walk around for a second, and then get back on the mound. That was what I was always taught to do. Guys can't do that, so I think you're going to see, in my opinion, when a guy struggles, he's not going to be able to ride it out as long. Um, which that's that's where I'm sorry, and that's no, you're good. that's where I think it's going to be an issue. There is when guys are starting to struggle in an inning, you're going to see a lot more going on in that, and you're going to hear more from the fan base uh, or the fans, I should say directed at that pitcher because he's not throwing strikes or whatever the case may be so that's where i think that becomes an issue i'll let you go ahead and say it next because i got something else i want to say about the step-offs i think there, there's three things here to, to look at um big things one something in my chat mike up dylan um do you think player uh, teams that have younger talent have a better understanding of the clock maybe give them advantage earlier in the year i think teams that have had players who have played with the clock already will have an advantage yes mm -hmm. Yeah. Older teams will have a little more adapting to do. 100%. And I think that, I mean, I think everybody's going to adapt. There's no Agreed. doubt about yes. that. Um, yeah, the younger team will adapt quicker. Will it be an advantage? No, I don't think it will. I think, so the other the other thing that I'm, that I'm curious about, and I haven't seen, so I've been doing a little bit of research too on this, is one, I saw that umpires have the discretion to add more time to a pitch clock or to a, hit, a batter's count at their discretion. Yeah. Yeah. Here's where it gets a little finicky with me, though. Are these clocks reviewable? What if, what if, what if the umpire doesn't give a batter a strike when he's not set at eight, at with eight seconds left, but does give a batter a strike later down the line to the other team? What if 
you know, I mean, you're gonna have, you're definitely gonna. Have, I agree. You're, yeah, I know where you're going with yeah. that. Yes, a hundred percent. So, 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 where do you like review it? No, I know, but I would do. Do they go to that point then, where it's like, if you see as much discrepancy, if you see a ton of discrepancy, does it become that, where now you can challenge that because we saw it happen in the, um, uh, we saw we saw it happen in the Braves game when it was already the game was tied six six, and then. You know, the batter didn't get, didn't, wasn't set at eight seconds. Strike three. And this is spring training game. Obviously, it means nothing in terms of, you know, the World Series. But what's going to happen when that, when you get those umpires and, you know, there's going to be stats about which umpire calls, calls the, uh, the timer more strictly than others, who's more lenient with who, yada, 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 yada. And now it might become that thing, Derek. Who knows? Where you've said before, you you guys get scouting reports on umpires. Oh yeah. Now you might be getting, hey, umpire A. That's hundred percent going to be in there. That exactly yeah. what you're about to say. One thousand percent will be in there. This guy is quick on the trigger when it comes to the pitch clock or stepping in the box. They will not fuck around with this. You need to get in there. We know who's hot, who's not. This guy's a little more, you know relax with it this guy is way uptight it's the same thing that we yeah. talked about with box and all that there was one of the umpires and he was incredible to me he helped me out and told me a few things of what i was doing to help me which that's the thing too these umpires will help you out if you ask them okay what is it that i'm missing now granted it's kind of a dumb question like well what am i doing wrong well clearly you're not in the box by eight seconds Th that's you know you're gonna get that but it was when it comes down to the box, yes, the umpire will step in and he will say after you got to ask him, you can't do it right then too when it happens and be like, man, what the fuck did I do? Because I've done that before and that doesn't do anything but make things worse. Um, they will help you. They're going to tell you like, hey, you're just, you crossed your leg or whatever, you know, simple things like that. So umpires have all those, the scattering reports, everything's out there on them, and everything too. So yes, you're 100% on that. Challenge wise, because it's it's one of them things where it's like, what if what if it's very one sided? That's going that's mean, gonna happen. That. It's gonna happen. Yeah. And it's I gonna mean, be the Yankees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I mean, you're not gonna wrong, see it, but you're gonna see it, but you're not. You can't challenge that because then it's gonna be also like, can you challenge balls and strikes? Which they're trying. Well, to are you technically challenging to. balls and strikes, or are you challenging a clock violation? I mean, I know what you're saying. I'm right, just being, no. I'm oh, being I know. a real I know. record right yeah. now about it. Yeah, but, yeah. you are. You are. No, but good reference to our last podcast. But right. that listen, we'll catch it. Thank you. Dyer, what do you think about that? Is this going to end up being one of them slippery slopes on the line? or? I absolutely do think that. This is going to be extremely problematic. It's not because when you put something like this and with this degree of ambiguity, it's it's causing the same problem that they're trying to get out of the game is they're they're making they're, they've created a new judgment call to where like well here's the rule you know but you can kind of enforce it however you want like why are we adding things like this into the game if we're going to go this far with it to have a pitch clock then enforce the pitch clock everybody can see it and if the rule is 8 seconds it has to be 8 seconds and they have a buzzer they have a the umps have a buzzer they get buzzed yeah, at eight seconds. Yeah, it's total nonsense for this to be a thing. If if you're gonna have the clock, make the clock matter and and make the rule black and white. Either you're in at eight seconds or you're not. If you're not, this is what happens. 
because umpire A is going to say, well, I'm going to enforce it at nine seconds. And umpire B is going to, oh, well, I'm going to enforce it at five seconds. And well, then what is the rule? What good is having a rule if the enforcement of that rule is completely arbitrary? I think they have to be Richards about it. They're going to have to be. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to have to be a straight up like, all right, Derek, you did not complete your, your, your delivery by 15 seconds. Like it has to be that. I think it has to be. You weren't in the box dire with eight seconds to go. I think you're right. I, I think that any other kind of leniency, especially in games like playoff games, in the world series is going to cause problems because sure. if Derek's pitching and they're giving the batters, he's facing consistently 10, 11 seconds to get set. And now Derek shafted the entire time. Whereas when Derek's team's batting, they're getting seven seconds. Let's go eight seconds. Get in there. Let's go consistently. That's going to cause a protest. Mm -hmm. It's going to taint the game. And so I think you're right, Dar. I think it has to be. It can't be. The fact they made it a judgment call by giving umpires discretion. I think there needs to be strict rules in that of discretion is injury, obviously. Or a stoppage in play for some reason, stoppage, something happens, obviously. Or things like standing ovations, things like that, where, you know, it's so-and-so it's Albert Pujols' last game. He's going to get a standing. Oh, let the dude, you know, do his thing kind of thing. Right. I think they'll do that. I mean, right. hundred percent. I would hope to God the umpires have a feel for that, which I think they do. Um, yeah, I'm with Tolo Justin here. Leave the fucking game alone. I know he didn't say fucking, but leave it alone. I saw a really good tweet the other day and it said, no one complains about how long NFL games are. Yeah, but they'll come back with, well, they have a, a play clock. So? They're not. But they still go three hours. Longer. I know. Hell yeah. No, I know. And that's, see, that's, and, and I'm glad that you said that because that's the thing that drives me insane. The people that are complaining are the people that don't really give two shits about baseball. People that aren't true fans or people that don't really, one, maybe never played it, two, don't ever go to games. Or if they have, if they have, they went to one game and it just happened to be one that was just an absolute beatdown. That was a long time. Because there's going to be days, again, like we've said before, man, it was a pitcher's duel. This game was done in an hour and a half. Oh, damn, this game was just an absolute blowout. This one team couldn't throw strikes. They were getting hit around. It was just a tough day at the yard. It happens. It's the same way in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's the thing that I, that's that's the thing that freaking pisses me off, though, because people will say that in one breath. They'll say, you know, that was an hour and a half game pitchers duel. Oh, it was so boring. There was no offense. I mean, oh, the you know, this game was four hours long because each team scored 12 runs. You can't have it both. Fuck. What do you want? Let me ask the you game this is too. the game. Somebody's going to score. Somebody's going to win. It's going to go one way or the other. It does take some time to play the game. And, and let you me don't let like me it, don't watch it. Let me ask you guys this, and I want your, I, I did love that too. Well said, Dyer. Um, and, and you're both honest opinion, because you know where I'm probably going to go with this once you hear me say it, but how much do you think this game favors the offense, the hitters, than it does the pitching? Everything we continue to keep changing favors who? The hitters. And except for the shifts. It still favors the hitters. 
does it? Yeah, you're eliminating shifts. Oh, creating yeah, more. Sorry. No, yeah, yeah, no, I listened wrong. Whoa, whoa, was, whoa. Go I ahead, hit. I got it. Oh, no. no you, you, oh, you want. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I got you. Yeah. I but no, in, in all honesty, think about it. Who gets more of the. And I get it because I'm a pitcher and everybody's gonna be like, well, you're biased because you're a pitcher. No, think about it. We changed the strike zone. We got the K zone out. So now people are really seeing the strike zone. And yes, I get it. The uh, umpires kind of give the pitchers some of the calls, but the strike zone is built for the hitters. Does it go their way? Probably it's 50-50, whatever. Maybe 60-50 or 60-40 uh, pitcher. Change the baseballs. Um, you change the baseballs. We've done it secretly too, by the way. Even certain change teams baseballs. better balls. Yep. You uh, eliminate, which this is where I get pissed off, is the number of step-offs to control the running game. Creating more action, obviously, to get stolen bases. And if I pick off twice... I can't even step off now just to gather my thoughts because it's an automatic balk or I have to try to get the runner out. Fucking stupid. You're supposed to try to control the running game. As a pitcher, I'm trying to continue to create the double play. Who does that favor again? The offense, the hitters. Um, we did the shifts already. We uh, What's the other thing that we just talked about? Um, now having a pitch clock, which... To me, I don't really feel like it favors one side more than the other, but it's kind of the quicker thing of it. So this this whole thing, we're favoring, we, we want more offense. Well, then what, are we, what about pitching? We got to get something to where it's an even matchup. This is supposed to be a battle between two, one and two, or one and one, however you want to do it. And what's funny is that it's going to lengthen the game again. What do you mean? All the changes they're making. So you want a quicker game. You want a faster game, right? Faster game inherently means better pitching. Yeah. Pitchers duels are faster. Just mm -hmm. is what it is. Up and down. Okay, that's side A. But we also want more offense. All right. So more offense means pitchers being hit around, which means now I need a pitcher to go three batters. He's not doing well, but now I got to bring someone else in. That's two minutes and 10 seconds. Let's run ESPN and it's two minutes and 30 seconds that we're adding on to the game. Oh, but on top of that, there's hits. There's now home runs, home run trots, singles, doubles. Now we got pickoffs, mind games. You're adding more time in. And what's going to happen is they're going to get to the point where the offense is going to be so prevalent that the games will get longer again. And they'll be like, oh, well, the games are longer again. What do we do about this? And it's just like, Dyer said it so many times. They say one thing with one hand and do the opposite with the other. And it's like they're fighting each other for no reason. Don't worry. Like, soon, zero reason. I, I can imagine soon they'll probably put a a clock on the home run trot. Yeah. Everyone's going to be Brandon Nimmo. Gonna, hear that or they're going to try and shorten games to seven innings. Just in general. People Colleges say they'll never do that. Don't, can't do don't that, fucking though, put it past them. I know they can't do it. They shouldn't do it. They would. I guarantee you that that will come up at some point. If we get don't to that make point, like headers. Kerb said, exactly. You know, we already have double headers. So don't be don't be surprised if this comes up. If if games start to creep back up in length, if they say if they pitch the idea of cutting games down to seven innings, I guarantee you it will happen at some point. In the future, I'm not saying next year. I'm not saying in the next five years. But I guarantee you that will come up at some point. Mark my and words. I, it just it makes no sense how they say one thing 
and they go one way and then they just go the complete opposite direction the other way. And it's like, well, if you want to shorten the game, first of all, who knows what they're going to do with all, with all the, uh, with all the regional broadcasters now that half of them have gone belly up because they're with Bally sports. So who knows what they're going to do with that? Cause now you have to have advertising rights. You want to speed the game up, but clearly money means more because you give ES because for ESPN games, you give them longer in between innings and longer in between pitches pitchers. So it's, Clearly, something's, you know, more important, and it's the money. And it, to me, it's just like, if you're trying to do this much to make the game faster, pitch clock, fine. You know, whatever. At the end of the day, fine. We'll get used to it. But it just doesn't make sense that they're doing A to fight it with B to counter with C to then go back to D. We need to put out a poll. Put it on our, our Twitch. Let it run for couple days we'll try to I'll retweet it we'll constantly get it out there so we can get it seen how many people actually care that the game is increased by 15 20 minutes yeah i'll do it after the podcast i'll put it out but whatever because i mean actually but my whole point is like you go to a game a sporting event okay actually i'm going to use this i'm a season ticket holder for the dallas mavericks and the dallas stars I go to games with the intention of being a fan and supporting my team. I don't care if the Mavs, for instance, because I was just there last night, are getting blown out. Now, I didn't go to the Stars game because they're playing right now. But I don't care if they're getting blown out or they're blowing somebody out. I'm, (laughs) that sounds so bad. I'm literally (laughs) staying for the whole game. Now, I don't know. Terps, you're a, you're a, a Devils fan. If they're getting their shit handed to them, I would assume, I, because of how I know how you are, you would stay for the whole game. And unless, unless, there's only, unless there's only one train home, then I'm leaving. Correct. That's what I was getting ready, <laughs> I was getting ready to say. Then there, if there's an issue with uh, getting home, that's a different story. Yeah. No, but if there's no issue, 100% I'm staying all, the entire game. Okay. Now, you're in this game, and it's a close one. It's a good game. It's going back and forth, but it's three and a half hours long. Are you complaining? Mm-mm. you're excited right mm-hmm. dire you are and i don't want to use our team because that's the only team that we share together you're going to a cleveland indians game your intentions are that this is this might be a this could be a two and a half hour to a four hour game correct yeah four no, hours i'm not steep. going four, four hours is pretty steep I'm, but yeah yeah but i'm not going to a game like you know, I got to be out of here in two hours. You know, nobody, who, if you're going to a game with that mindset, don't buy a ticket because you don't know how long you're going to be there. Correct. It's nonsensical. You're so going you're to going the game, to... be there for the amount of time beginning to end or whenever you get there till end. Cause I've, I've gotten to games late before it happens from time to time, whatever. Right. So that's what I'm trying to say is what if, if we go ask normal fans, I feel like nobody's really complaining about how long it is because you paid good, you paid good money. A prime example is the basketball player Edwards. I'm trying to think of his first name that was with, uh, with uh, Timberwolves made the comment that somebody came to this game that may not be able to purchase a ticket and they want to see their favorite player out there and you're, you have a healthy scratch. Now, with that being said, you paid good money to come to a game that maybe you can't. Thank you, Anthony Edwards. You paid good money to come to a game that 
you probably can't afford like some people might not be able to afford or you know whatever they're trying to come see their favorite player and yet we're trying to get this game done in an hour and a half they came to watch somebody play in hopes of let's use mike trout for example they came to watch mike trout hopefully get four at bats and also play the field and make maybe a great play while they're out there or run around on the base paths but yet he might not get to because the game was an hour and a half and he only got two at bats because it was a well-pitched game, whatever, or I don't know how I, that, that example is not really going the right way with it. But my point is they came to see the game. The last thing that they're worried about is how long it took. So that's where it frustrates me. You two as fans, me as a fan of all the other sports, I'm obviously a fan of baseball. I want to go to a game. I don't give a flying fuck how long it takes. I'm here for the game. I made my reservation for that game I, with no worries of how long it was going to take. I'm there because I'm a fan. I want to be a part of it. I feel like that's how people are when they go to sporting events. They don't care how long it is. The only people that I could say that maybe don't feel that way, maybe, is people that aren't, are not going with the intentions of watching and getting into it. Dyer, I, I, you know, you, sorry, you know no, you're good. as well as I do, Terps, I don't, we haven't really been to a game together. I don't go to a, a sporting event to sit and talk. Do we ever, when we go to Browns games, do we sit and talk? Not unless it's about the game. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're not spending time like sitting there looking at each other like, oh man, wh what are you going to do this weekend? You think about going out or anything? Like we're literally in the game unless if there's halftime. That's what halftime, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Halftime, yeah. that's what halftime is for. We're Case literally cheering and screaming the whole entire time. Yeah, we're at that last game uh, against the Patriots, the, the Browns and the Patriots. It was not a very good game. The Browns were playing like shit, and we're still throwing up double middle fingers at the Patriots players when they score and smacking the, the, the padding of the, the back end zone wall when, they, you know, when, when it's third down and, and you know, there's a big play about to come up. You're in the game. That's what you're there for. You're not there. to. It's not a fucking social event. Thank you. I, I, that's I think that, that's all I, think, I needed right there. You just said exactly what I was looking for. Here's the thing with baseball. I'm grabbing and, my phone real quick. Yeah. Here's the thing with baseball, and I, I'll, and I'll, I'm going to put the poll up. We're going to have it for five days. And so the question is, does the length of a baseball game matter to you? Tell us why below. Fine, right? I think that's a great way to phrase that. So here are my four. Here are the four choices. And Dyer, I'll get your take on these four choices before I put it live. Then I'll say why I said one of the things in here. Um, choice one: It needed to be shortened. Right, that's fair. Choice two, no, it doesn't matter. Choice four, other, tell us below. And choice three, which I think is the important one here, I just want more offense. I'm curious because I wonder if Major League Baseball got results confused between long boring games and baseball is too long because i can see where someone does not like a three and a half hour baseball game where there's only two runs scored sure but that same person will love a three and a half hour game where there's 10 runs scored I so guess. 
I'm I'm just I'm kind of on the other end of it though. I'd rather if I'm going to have a long game, I feel like there's more exciting situ- situations in a game where each team has nine hits, but it's a two to one game. Let because me... with that being the case, you know that there are situations where the pitcher's got a big strikeout or somebody made a great they turned a, a an incredible double play to get out of an inning with you know with the bases loaded something like that whereas you know whatever year it was when the balls were all loaded up and every game in the postseason was a double digit scoring affair and the games were four hours long i turned a lot of those games off you could i mean if if teams hit home runs every other pitch home runs cease to become exciting they're not as much fun to watch because it's nothing new they're just happening every other at bat Let, let me ask you though something though do you think the casual fan thinks that way? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's a, that's certainly a valid question. Because, but... because the casual fan, and I'm not, and, and I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, transparently. It, I would love to see, you know, consistent pitchers in jams getting out of it. it you know, a clutch home run when it needs to happen, that kind of thing. I love that side of baseball. I'm with you there, right? To me, that's exciting. But does the average fan want that ex- want that style of excitement, or do you think the a- or do we think the average fan wants just to see dingers and wants to see runs scored and bases stolen? That's I think what the interesting part of this question is. I, well, I mean, if if bases are getting stolen, that's an exciting play. I like I like when teams run. I wish teams would run more. Um, I think, I think the, the biggest part of that question is the home runs because with, see, that's the other thing with home, with more home runs comes generally speaking, lower batting averages, higher strikeout rates. And again, when you see in a team situationally, you know, a big strikeout, very exciting, but when your team's just striking out 15 times a game, that gets fucking boring. So, okay, great. So we get an extra two home runs per game with an extra six strikeouts. Is it worth it? Is it that, is it that much more exciting to have two plays that are exciting against six that are boring? I think the question is less. I'm not talking unless I misunderstood you. I'm not talking more about a, a game with one or two home runs. I'm talking more about like those offensive explosive games that you turn off that um that 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 only one you know that you turn off but i think the casual fan is probably there for that's why the home run derby is so popular yeah and, i, mean, and I that, can see that and 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 that's i think and that's i think where the issue comes into play is i think major league baseball confused the difference between and i'll say this because derek i'm saying this again because derek just came back Confuse the difference between long, boring games and long games with offense. And they took the statistic of, yes, baseball games are too, are when they're too long and boring, I don't like them. But they're, they're, they're catering to the wrong audience. So if you're catering to your casual fans, you're going to lose the diehard people. And the diehard people are the ones that watch the, that consume the TV product. The diehard fans are the ones that buy season tickets. Two of the biggest things that, that the league needs to make money 
are the people that they're going to lose when they make these changes. The counter argument I can make to that, and to play devil's advocate, because I agree with you, but to play devil's advocate, the counter argument I can make to that is the same argument you made when it came to soccer, right? Most people don't like watching soccer because it's generally a low scoring affair or it's just long in the sense of long time between goals. However, if your first soccer game is the World Cup final, which is not a normal soccer game, that is a crazy, you know, finish there, and you're a casual viewer, which one are you more likely to tune into again? If you saw normal game A, which finished 1-0, or the crazy World Cup game at the end? Fair point. But also I would counter that with you you make small changes to try and to, to try and hook the casual fan. You don't cater specifically to them and make huge changes that change the game for what it for what, I agree. It, it, what it is. I agree with you. Now but I, I, I just want to say because I liked your example of soccer. I'm somebody who just really started getting into watching it more. And the more I watch it, the more I realize it's not boring. There's action. There's action throughout that entire game because of the ball movement. And that's why, to me, I feel like with you guys, it's easy. I can relate with baseball by saying, yeah, it was a pitcher's duel. There may not have been action, but I guarantee you there was hard hit balls to people. They're making incredible plays. Yeah, the offense didn't get to put up numbers, but there was back. Like, there's a reason why the defense was good. The pitching was good. Everybody likes to watch some nasty shit thrown from a, a pitcher. If a dude's got a nasty, for example, this is a great one, DeGrom. I don't, if, if him and Verlander go neck to, or one-on-one, on, one on one, you're going to have a great show. You're going to have a nasty curveball from Verlander. You're going to have an absolute disgusting slider, cutter, whatever he calls it, that video game shit. You're going to see prime pitching it's just like people back in the day watching Nolan Ryan throw. They wanted to see that. Who cares that you're not giving up 28 runs? You're having a pitcher's duel. You're watching two greats battle it out. Clayton Kershaw comes to town. People are excited to see that. That's why it's the people that are complaining are the people that don't, again, like I said, don't probably really care much for the baseball side of things. They're just like, well, I want to see more offense. I want to see 20 runs. And the moment that you're going to start seeing all these runs, when you start getting high run counts, where games are going to become like 8 to 12 and whatever else like that, then it's going to be like, well, now we have no pitching. We don't get to see good pitching anymore. Well, no shit. You keep changing so much shit. Stop changing stuff and enjoy what's out there. You're going to have some really good games that are pitcher's duels, and you're also going to have beatdowns where there's a lot of runs scored. I want to see good baseball whether it's 20 runs or it's a pitcher's duel, I'm there to watch the event because I care about the sport and I care about the teams that are playing or the team that I want to cheer for is playing. I'm a fan. If my fan or my team can pitch, fuck, you better believe I'm excited as shit to go watch some, some of my guys go out there and just dice them up. Or my guys, you know, got great offense. I can't wait to watch these guys go out and put up the runs. But you can't sit here and try to, change the game this way so that you can have one side really better than the other i agree and like i fully like i fully agree with you and i'll just tell you quickly the argument i was making before to die because you were away which was 
I think that you kind of touched on the important thing, which is it's the casual fan. And at the end of the day, baseball's trying to grow their fan base. And I think the way that they see themselves growing their fan base is offense. Hence the marketing of Aaron Judge. Hence the marketing of two-way players like uh, like Otani. Hence the trying to uh, the flashy guys like Jazz and that kind of thing. And you are seeing some pitchers get marketed. You are seeing DeGrom get marketed. Um, you are seeing guys, although I'm curious to know how much he gets marketed now he's out of New York City. Not a shot at the Rangers, just different market. No, it's, not, it's um, a smaller market. We get it. Correct. Um, you saw guys like Verlander get marketed, but you also saw guys like, you know, the crazy power lineup of the Houston Astros goes against kind of thing. And that was their marketing ploy. And then they went off with this, let the kids play. And then they started marketing bat flips and all of this. And all their marketing has been offense, 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 offense. And the casual fan says, I want to go see Aaron Judge hit a home run. I don't think the casual fan says, I'm not talking baseball fan. I'm talking casual sports fan difference. I don't think, the, I don't know if the casual fan saying, I want to go see Jacob deGrom go seven and two thirds and give up only two hits. And, and I'm not saying that I agree with that line of thinking because I want to see Jacob deGrom go seven and two thirds and give up two hits. But the average fan with the marketing that they've been doing is going, when's Mike Trout hitting that nuke? When am I seeing Francisco Lindor get home runs on the right and left side of the plate? I want to see Pete Alonso hit one in the third deck. Not, I want to see, you know, Trevor May get a whole situation in the eighth inning. So I think that's kind of where the marketing may have played into this. Let me know if you disagree with that. But I can totally see where the marketing people there saw that and goes, hey, our metrics show that people are more tuned into games when there is offense kind of thing. Because you're more likely to click in for that. That's definitely true, but I think there's a big difference between highlighting a part of the game that's already there and changing the game to force it to happen. I agree 100% with that. I'm just looking at the why did they do that. Here's something else that stands out that, Dyer, you can, you can probably attest to this more than any of us in here. Attention span. This is where it becomes the bigger issue is us growing up, you know, we, we were outside, we were doing more activities. I'm sure a lot of, you know, maybe some of the people that are in here or in, anywhere or people listening, we were outside doing more stuff. Today's generation or however you want to look at it, is so glued to their phones that the attention span is so short. And I get it. Baseball can be boring. Every sport can be boring. Um, but with that being said, what happens is guys are too caught or can't keep their attention span on something. And that's why we're trying to create so much action. And we're trying to reach out to the, the youth to promote the game and build up the game. But the thing is, we can't even go away from our phones. If you look at people, how they are today, I did this yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I played golf, didn't have my cell phone with me the entire time. I never do that. And it was an accident. I, it should have been with me. It was an accident. But I went ahead and played without my phone and I was perfectly fine. But the average person can only go 10 minutes at the most without being on their phone. Go put it somewhere and watch. You'll start thinking about it. Man, I want to go get on Instagram. I want to go, maybe somebody's texting me. I want to go look at 
whatever. We can't do that. And kids are even worse than us right now. When a kid, I've seen this multiple times, um, when a kid misbehaves, put your iPad in front of them. That'll calm them down. So if we're trying to really fix something, that's where it kind of begins, is we got to fix the attention span of our youth if we're trying to teach them the game. Teach them to go outside and play and do stuff. Now, I'm not trying to tell people how to parent, too, so I don't want people to think that, but it's actually true. Like, we... You think about how it was when we were kids, we would go outside and play. We were outside playing pickup baseball or tag or whatever it was. And then obviously when the streetlights came on and it was dark, yeah, we were back at home. And yeah, you can go play your video games and stuff then. Fine, by all means. But during the day when it's sunlight and you can be outside, be outside. Less kids are outside actually doing those things. Kids now are trying to do more on their phone or their computer or whatever. and. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I can't sit here and act like I'm Mr. Perfect and I don't do it. Fuck, I'm always out doing that stuff. I'm, I'm playing video games and all that during the day sometimes and whatnot. But I'm also now like I'm spending more time outside doing other things, baseball activities, golf, training, whatever it is, I'm outside doing more. And it, to me, it's helped me out a lot. And I don't feel like my attention spans that bad. Now, granted, I do have probably ADD, so I'm all over the place, but Dyer, you as, and I mean, obviously Terps, I want your opinion on it too. I know you don't have kids, but, um, but Dyer, you have kids. Am, am I wrong when it comes to the attention span of kids, when it comes to uh, any activities or sports or any of that in general? No, not at all. And I think that's, I think that's a great point because if I, if I let my kids, you know, my son would, from the moment he woke up to the moment he went to sleep, he would play his Nintendo switch. He would do that if I let him. My daughter doesn't play video games, but she would sit on the couch and stare at the TV from sunup to sundown if I let her. So like the biggest, the biggest part of it, the, the biggest thing that's difficult is getting them to start that, that activity. Once they start, they're cool with it. Like, you know, there are times where I basically have to pry the switch out of my son's hands and say, go out, go out and play basketball, go do something. And he'll flip out for a second and then he'll go play basketball for an hour and a half. Like it's just getting it to that, into that mindset and forgetting about the, the device or whatever it is, the TV, what have you is I think the biggest hurdle. And a lot of times folks don't want to not either. They don't want to, or it's easier just to say, fine, you know, here's the iPad, here's the game, here's the TV, whatever. You know, I'm working, I'm, I'm this, I'm cleaning, I'm that, whatever, you know, it's, it, it's easier to do that. I've done it before. I've, I've been guilty of that. You know, Hey, I'm, I'm busy right now. Go, go play switch. I'm busy right now. Go flip your, your show on whatever, you know, it's, it happens. It's easy to do. And sometimes it's a necessary evil too. You know, I'm on a meeting, go, I don't care what you do as long as you don't bust in here and, and screw up my meeting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it kind of is what it is, but it's also a difficult thing to train out because, you know, I'm sure there's a, an element to it, all kinds of elements, but you can watch, you know, a podcast or read up on, on the reward system and how your brain works when you see those likes or when you, you know, you play that game that 
is constructed in such a way to make you not want to stop playing it because the more you play it, then the more microtransactions you're going to buy and the more money the developer is going to make. So there's a reason why the games and whatever it is are constructed the way they are. It's on us to say, it's time to stop. It's time to put my phone down and go do something else. So I don't, I probably went off on kind of a tangent there. I don't even know if I answered your question, but that's, that's the way it is. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that there are some sports and I think some of it comes out to fan engagement and obviously some places, some places do this better than other places. And then some places don't need to do this. Like the giants are famous for not having a ton of fan enga- engagement just because that's how their fans are. Whereas there are other parks that have more fan engagement, um, which could be a direct correlation of just who, which fans are coming to the games kind of thing. Um, and then you have some teams that are building up fan engagement, like the Rangers that were lacking and are getting better at it because it realized they've realized that it keeps fans enamored with what's going on more. But I think the other interesting thing that I was going to bring this up is I saw a report and I forgot who I saw, saw, so I can't quote them. Uh, and I wish I could, I've been trying to find this entire time, but one of the biggest proponents of the shortened game times, one of the biggest pushers for it was actually the RS was actually the RSNs themselves, the regional sports networks, because when games ran over their allotted time, you obviously don't cut the broadcast, right? You know, so for example, like a Mets game on SNY is a, is slotted from 7 p.m. to 9, 10 p.m., whatever it is, right? Or 9 p.m. slot that, that they're paying for. When those games run over and they have other programs lined up or other things lined up, in some cases they do a shortened post game or in some cases do a no post game, they still have to pay for that. The network still has to pay for that slot, even if that slot doesn't get filled with what was supposed to be there. And the longer games were in some, for some networks, not all networks leading to issues where they're paying consistently for TV spot that they can't now fill because the game went over kind of thing. And I agree with what we're seeing in the chat, which is just don't give networks the exclusive. I think that's going to change with what's happening with Valley sports, but the flip side of that is if you look at sports that are if you look at sports that are um shown on regional networks so that would be the NBA baseball the NHL MLS baseball owns the primetime regional sports network segment they own it in terms of number one most viewed sport, ad rev, everything like that. In 12 cities, baseball is number one. Atlanta, Cleveland, Denver, Detroit, Houston, LA, Milwaukee, New York, Philadelphia, Seattle, St. Louis, Tampa Bay. This is not like number one in terms of like to be debated. This is in terms of viewership per RSN. They own that. The NBA owns only the NBA, mind you, only five cities, Chicago, Dallas, Miami, Phoenix, San Fran. In terms of numbers watched. The NHL has four, Boston, Minneapolis, DC, Pittsburgh. Wait, Dallas, the Matt, like NBA, the gets NBA, more, more yeah. viewers? Yeah. 
Yeah. That has to be false. With the Cowboys? Un no, Cowboys aren't considered regional coverage. Oh, okay, okay, okay. R regional coverage. Regional. I got yeah. you. No, I the got Cowboys. I got, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You're okay. good. Yeah. Um, because baseball, NBA, and the NHL are, are all considered RSN first, national second. So I could see where the RSNs are fighting for this because money is money, or see what's going on with Bally Sports now, but the craziness that's going on there. And another good, they probably make just as much money running a YouTube channel with live games with sponsors and commercials. I don't, I don't think so. The reason I don't think so is because the YouTube games have had really bad viewership because people don't know where to find them. And there's a lot of people who, if you say, hey, Dyer, the Cleveland Indian, sorry, Guardians, are going to be on YouTube. Indians. Dyer, what's the chances that you're going to boot up YouTube on your TV to watch the Guardians or the Indians versus just being able to click to the channel you always click to? Probably garbage because I have shitbag internet that wouldn't be able to stream it yeah. on a live feed. <laughs> but I think, no I, yeah I, I don't know I I think I've only got well, I guess both my, you know I guess both my smart TVs do have YouTube apps on them and like if my I told third TV's got the the PlayStation but it I don't know I it would be <laughs> I don't know like Derek if I told you from now on you could only watch Mav games on YouTube not YouTube TV YouTube you had to go onto YouTube, find the live stream of the Mavs game, and watch it that way. Yeah, I'm gonna be pretty pissed. I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing that. I mean, I'm. I would have to, but I'd be very upset about it. Is the and production now, quality the same? It sucked for MLB. Yeah, no, because I, I it, it's like a whole different. It's a whole different. So what they should have done, which they can't because of RSN, is just rebroadcast the uh like the sny whatever broadcast for the mets on youtube instead they have their own crew come in and it's weird mm. they have it's kind of like how the apple tv thing was apple tv did it way better because their stats were really good their camera quality was really good all that was like top top tier kind of thing but the youtube broadcast version of it was terrible the way that the only the only uh sports league that's done it well is the nfl that's because they have a split agreement where Thursday night football games are simulcast on Twitch and Amazon Prime. This they were. I don't know if they still were. They used to be simulcast on Twitch and Amazon Prime and the, the national coverage. I don't know if they're still doing that. But it's still like it's still a problem for a lot of people. The amount of people I know who got mad because the Mets had an Apple TV Plus game and they didn't know how the fuck to get Apple TV Plus was so high because how do you explain to grandpa joe that he can't watch gary keith and ron on pix 11 or sny which he pre-programmed into his remote forum <laughs> that now he has to hit the home button scroll over to the apple icon wait for that to load and then hit <laughs> the other button oh, to God. get it to Can play can you imagine trying to explain to a, an elderly person how to find a game on YouTube? And then what if they have bad internet? Then all of a sudden, Grandpa Joe's calling Dyer saying, why is the game freezing? The circle just came up and it keeps going around. What do I do? Like, 
and realistically too like even for me i know how to troubleshoot that kind of thing would i i'd try maybe one thing and if it didn't work i'd find something else to do quite honestly you know i love watching the games but i don't love it enough to try and troubleshoot my internet for 30 minutes you got more important shit to deal with yeah like just straight up but um yeah it's it's that kind of find your sport thing works for things like boxing and the MMA. It doesn't work for things like football, baseball, the things that have consistently been free coverage now behind a pain wall, a paywall or whatever. Um, that's not that it doesn't work as well. It, it sure. just, it just doesn't. Um, let's switch topics to let's, we're going to talk a little about UFC in a minute. Cause there's a big UFC fight coming up, but first let's talk about, Speaking of scripts, the script breaking. Um, the Paul has finally lost. <laughs> he has been defeated. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, that's probably because you're smart. Um, Jake Paul, who's been going on a boxing journey, uh, of course, ended his undefeated career against Tommy Fury. And in a fight that was kind of boring, kind of exciting, a little weird. There were some moments there that were a little off. One of the judges was completely drunk, convinced of it. And at the end of the day, we find a rather convincing win in terms of scoring for Mr. Tommy Fury in this. And Dyer, I want to get your take on this and also Derek, your take on this. Our, 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 our editor, Tyler, has brought this up a few times, and I think he makes a good point, is that Jake Paul has, many people have said, does have some legitimate boxing skill and has the desire to be a professional boxer. He's not just doing this for money. Obviously, he is doing it for money, but he does actually want to be good at it. Yeah, he definitely... And, I, oh, And the question is, well, then why hasn't he just done more fights like this? consistently and the answer my answer is money straight up you know, get more money fighting the other guys maybe he's gonna be higher mm -hmm. but dyer we'll go with you first did you end up rewatching the fight um and if you did what were your what were your thoughts on it so i wasn't able to rewatch the entire fight i was able to find some highlights some clips and i've looked at the statistics um you know based on what i've seen i totally agree with the decision that tommy fury won that fight um Jake Paul was strangely inactive in the fight. It's kind of odd. Um, and I don't know, maybe that it just feels that way because, because Tommy Fury was so much more active than he was. But it, it was just a little bit of a head scratcher to me that, that, he's that he threw half the punches in the fight that Tommy Fury did and coincidentally landed half the punches that he did. It looked to me like he was struggling with Tommy Fury's movement. Um, you know, say what you will, you know, Anderson Silva, still a very good striker. He's 50 years old. Doesn't move like, you know, uh, a younger guy like Tommy Fury does. Uh, so, you know, I think that, uh, that Paul was kind of trying to feel out the whole time how to hit this guy. Um, he didn't put together combinations very well. He didn't really work in the body, but it 
he also had a hard time getting in because Fury was working his jab very well the whole you know the whole fight too. So I think I think Jake Paul again he does have some some skill. He is a green boxer, and um, you know if he if he wants to be a legitimate boxer, he's going to need more fights like this um, against actual boxers and and learn how boxers really move in the ring because that was the biggest thing that I saw in what I did see was that um, a lot of swings and misses and it got to the point where he almost started thinking a little bit too much about what he was going to do next and never really got around to doing it, if that makes sense. Derek, did you watch the fight and or if you did, do you have any thoughts on it or did you like die or just catch highlights or did you say, no, fuck this, I'm not even bothering. Well, I was at the Mavs game, so I didn't get to uh, to watch. Um, but I, you know, I was getting constant updates from Dyer um, in our one group chat, and then obviously with our group chat, he was in there also commentating. <clears throat> uh, I got to see a little bit of it. Um, I felt like he's definitely shown himself pretty well. He's doing pretty good with what he's doing. Um, I don't know how the the results really favored. I mean, obviously. Fury got knocked down a couple times so that that's where I get caught up in it is like did Fury really win um the other thing it kind of blew my mind too is Fury's an actual boxer uh very Jake, green but yes yeah but Jake Jake is like he's been working his ass off he's done dude he has backed up everything he said I get it yes his knockouts have been against you know random people like they are whatever and I, I get that that's fine. I love that people are complaining about that and everything. And I'm one of those people too. Like, Hey, just go fight a real boxer. Like stop doing this. Just go fight a boxer. He fought a boxer. He held his own. Um, the only thing I'm kind of upset with too, is stop doing the eight rounds, do the normal boxing 12 rounds. Like you should. Um, that's one thing that sticks out to me too. Uh, on top of that though, he, Dude, he's been backing up. He's a money guy. He is good at what he does. He's a promoter. He does an outstanding job of that. That's why he gets the money he gets and the fights that he gets because he does an excellent job of promoting and doing things to get himself out there where, where he should be. So hats off to, to Jake Paul for that. Um, I thought he held his own, though, by watching the fight. I thought he did a pretty good job. I, To me, I think uh, even Dyer had said it, I think, in the group chat. It was... You know, 50-50, it could go either way, technically. Um, but me, I felt like maybe Jake Paul definitely got that one. I mean, you got two knockdowns. That, that's where I see it going that way. But, yeah, I, I mean, he, dude, he's a great promoter. He knows what he's doing. Dyer, do you think that now that he has gone toe-to-toe with a, with a boxer who's currently boxing um, and one whose career would have taken a little bit of a hit if he had lost, uh, do you think that now that might make the road a little more difficult for Jake Paul in the sense of if he fights another true boxer, they're not going to take him as just a, I can just kind of toy around and kind of figure this guy out. Or do you think he's actually going to start running into these guys who just aren't going to fuck around anymore? So I think he's kind of in a little bit of a catch 22 right now, because obviously he's in this, you want to make some big money, right? You know, he's, we talked about it, the, the names that he's fought leading up to this. And even Tommy Fury being green as he is, 
he's got name recognition because of who his brother is. So, you know, that was even selling fights. Um, if he fights any of the guys that Tommy Fury has fought in the past, nobody's buying that pay-per-view. Um, so, you know, that, that ceases to be lucrative for, for Jake Paul and becomes a situation where, you know, how bad do you really want to be a boxer? Um, on the other hand, if he takes, quote, air quotes, a real boxer that anybody knows about, it's going to have to be a huge step up and he's going to get embarrassed because he doesn't look bad, but he looks like a boxer that's had, you know, a few, a handful of pro fights. Um, yeah, it's just a situation where he's going to have to decide what exactly is he wants to do. Is he still want to put together these circus fights with some name recognition, but not quite as much skill? Or do you want to be a boxer and start where boxers have to start? And that's at the bottom, not making very much money. It's just the nature of the beast. You know, it's like, it's like any other sport, but combat sports, especially you got to start at the lowest level when in a lot of cases you're losing money. Yeah. And if he was to fight anyone in what would be his division. That's, I think this it's... one, this was a catchweight belt. I think they fought at like one nine, one eighty, one eighty five, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Cruiser weight is what they're calling it. But I, I think I think you're right. Is if he wants to start fighting boxers along the lines of Tommy Fury, no one's going to watch the fight unless they have the name recognition. If he wants to fight up, he's going to fight up. But boxers who are currently boxing aren't going to take a fall. Right. Boxers who aren't currently fighting might not give, might not care. Money is money, and they might not, they're not, they might not go as hard as they would if it was a true title fight. So that's where this is going to become interesting to me is does he go into the next fight against a real boxer and get embarrassed? And the flip side is if he, if his next fight is a rematch with Tommy Fury or within a fight or two, how much better has Tommy Fury gotten facing competition that no one wants to watch? Whereas Jake Paul might go out and face another celebrity. Yeah, that's what I think Jake Paul is going to do. Um, I think he tried to call out Nate. No, did he call out Nate Diaz? I forget who he called out. Um, but he, he, and I think you're also going to see a rematch of, uh, Fury. You're going to. And I think that, I think that Fury will probably be a much more advanced boxer by the time that rematch comes around. See, I think, and I agree with you. I, th I definitely think you are absolutely correct on that. I think Jake will do a good job too, though. I'm going to give him credit because he has been continuing to work his ass off and, and get his name recognition out there too. Uh, I think the other big factor is uh, I think that uh, going into the, the next time Jake Paul will win because we're going to have a trilogy out of this. So what do you think happens though? Do you think, do you think, cause I personally, I think that it's smart. It would be smart to, to enact that, that uh, rematch clause that they have say, you know, we'll fight at the end of 2023 uh, or the beginning of 2024, and then take a tune-up fight or two in between there against some of those guys that, you know, lower-level boxers to get more of a feel what it's actually like to be in a boxing match with somebody that moves like a boxer moves so that he's more well-prepared 
for it when all eyes are on him again on a pay-per-view bout against Tommy Fury in, let's say, December or January. You know what I mean? Because if he, then there's a risk of that too. What if you get your ass laid out and then now you've just got knocked out by some dude that's 10 and 60 and now nobody's buying your pay-per-view. So it's, it's a hard line for him to walk, but I think in order to be more prepared, it might make sense to take a tune-up fight or two in between the fights with Tommy Fury. I think, I think the, I think the interesting question here and Dyer, I think you'll be more key to answer this just because you're more involved in this, in this world than Derek and I are. So let's assume that happens. If at the end of 2023, let's assume that Tommy Fury goes out and fights two more or one more sanctioned fight, right? Cause he's trying to further his legit, his career in boxing and, and go for a title, right? Is Jake Paul going to be able to match the level of training and experience that Tommy Fury is going to get in a year, year and a half, maybe two years, depending on when this rematch is, by just continuing what he's doing, or does he kind of have to enter the fray that Tommy Fury's in? Because I'll bet you if he faces Fury in a year, and Fury's not going to take a dive if he has a legitimate shot at a, w- at a WBC belt. Yeah, no, and I think that's a great point because, again, that's what that's what Jake Paul has always said and his camp has said that, you know, in, in lieu of taking those fights against, you know, those lower-level fights, that that's where you learn how to box. You know, we're bringing in the best sparring partners and sparring hard and this, that, and the other. That's great, and that's valuable. Sparring is absolutely something that's important when it comes to any combat sport, boxing, MMA, whatever. Um, but there is no substitute for actual action in an actual sanctioned fight. You know, that's like saying, hey, we brought in, you know, this other whatever team and we scrimmaged with them uh, every day. Well, great, but a scrimmage isn't a game. It's not It's not playing in front of 40,000 people in... Uh, in a major league stadium. It's not pitching a sim game versus pitching. Right. It it helps. It certainly helps. And it's got its place. It's part of training and, 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 and learning your craft and honing, but it's, it's not the same thing as actual experience. You can't say, well, I went out and sparred for three years. Now I'm going to go out and fight for a championship. It's not how it works. You'd never be ready. My follow-up question for you, Dyer, with this is, Let's assume that this fight happens in the next year, year and a half, two years, and Tommy Fury is now on a path where he's one or two fights away from a WBC title. Obviously, he's going to make more money doing this Jake Paul fight. He'll make five, six, seven million dollars doing it. But do you think that he was fighting at full 100% the entire fight against Jake Paul? And if he's in a situation now where a loss against someone like Jake Paul, while not officially hurt him, but well, actually it might because they were issuing um, points this time around um, in a case where it could actually hurt him in a, in a, in a, in a title contention. Are we going to see a different Tommy Fury next time around because of that? Uh, that's a great question too. I don't think that we do see a different Tommy Fury. So ex- other than the fact that he'll likely have improved in some way, um, because you're right, he's going to have some fights in between here, unless he loses that 
that hunger. You know, he gets his first payday. Mm. And uh, I don't know if his brother will let him do that, though. Yeah, his dad seems like the kind of guy that would give him a bunch of shit for that as well. So who knows, though? You know, stranger things have happened. I mean, shit, even Tyson Fury for a long time, he struggled and he didn't fight for a few years because of personal issues, because he got a bunch of money and, you know, he was into some some shit and uh and kind of lost that fire he never got to the point where he you know got into a fight and and got beat but he just didn't get into the ring for a while so um yeah i think i think honestly that this was probably a, a good confidence boost for tommy fury uh it was good for him to get the exposure that he did and make a little bit of notoriety for himself. It definitely makes sense for him to make the next fight. Um, I think the bigger question is how much will Jake Paul improve? Because, you know, if he doesn't do what he needs to do, then we're just going to see what we saw last Sunday, if not a worse beating. I think the big thing, and I want to move on to UFC quickly after this. I think the big thing that this did for Tommy Fury, and he touched on this in his, in his post by interview, was that, that this was his first time experiencing a title, quote-unquote, title fight and title fight buildup kind of thing, which is a huge experience to have. You know, and your first time having that kind of experience with that level of media, that level of attention, that level of, you know, press and everything like that, not actually being a true title fight, that's got to be advantageous to him as he oh, goes along his journey. Because, you know, other guys who are fighting at his level with his record don't have that experience, most likely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this this was not, you know, a, a, like a, a thriller sideshow fight like we saw, you know, with um, with Paul in the past where he was on top of the bill. And then, you know, there were guys that you haven't heard of and, you know, some celebrity type fights, if you will. I mean, this was a legitimate uh, sanctioned fight in the WBC you know, it was promoted by top rank. It was on ESPN pay-per-view. This was the, the real deal. There was an actual uh, uh, championship fa- uh, fight before them in the co-main event. So, mm-hmm. you know, this this was a big deal. And, uh, and it was great exposure um, for not just Paul, but of course for Fury as well. Let's move on quickly to our last topic, mm-hmm. unless we have something else to talk about after this, which is... UFC and Mr. Jones's return to said UFC. Uh, Dyer, what can you tell us about UFC 285 and the kind of fire card that comes along with it? I can tell you that I'm wildly excited for it. I mean, John Jones hasn't fought in almost exactly three years. Um, they've been teasing his return, or he's been teasing his return for a while, you know, dangling that carrot out there and then disappearing. Uh, into the mist as he as he likes to do but um coming back at heavyweight is especially interesting i think um i think that he sees that the heavyweight division is a little bit thin especially now that francis and is gone um you know there's a lot of a lot of old dogs in there a lot of guys that are kind of one-dimensional and uh and i think he sees a big opportunity to 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 win the championship um but it's an interesting matchup with this guy uh Cyril Gan he um he's 11 and 1 um his only loss to Francis Ngannou um 
in a, a decision loss last year, I think it was. Um, he's a kickboxer, though. He was uh, a, a very good kickboxer before making the jump to MMA. He's very big and moves very well for a big guy. So um, Jones is going to have his handful, but um, I think the biggest thing to look at is going to be if this fight goes to the mat. Um, John Jones is actually a an excellent wrestler, and uh, if this goes to the mat, he could easily submit Cyril Gaon. Um, Francis Naganu in their fight. Um, is not a very good wrestler, but he was able to hold Gon down. So um, I'm excited to see what happens on the feet and then if John decides to take it to the ground or not. Because if it stays on the feet, there could be some fireworks. Um, if it goes to the ground, I think I think John wins easy. There's two title fights on that card. Um, and then even the undercard's got some names on it that people will recognize if you followed fighting. Uh, a little bit. What can you tell us about the rest of the card here? Um, Valentina Shevchenko is one of my favorite fighters. I absolutely love her. She is incredible. Um, she's the flyweight champion. She's defending against Alexa Grasso. I think that's going to be a one-sided fight. Alexa Grasso is a, a fantastic boxer. She's got some of the best pure boxing in the, the ladies' divisions. Unfortunately for her, that's about all she does. So Valentina's going to going to make it more of a kickboxing match in the beginning. And if it goes to the mat, um, she's got excellent ground and pound too. So I think Valentina Shevchenko probably wins that one relatively easily, probably finishes it. I'd be kind of surprised if that one goes the distance. Um, some other fights on there to watch. Um, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal should be fun. Um, one big one that I think a lot of people don't know about is Bo Nickel is making his um, UFC debut. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he was um, an extremely decorated NCAA wrestler for Penn State, and um, I think he's only had like he's three and he's only had like three, yeah, three pro <laughs> fights, but he's finished them all, um, and all very quickly. I think in those three fights, he's got a total of like a minute and a half of octagon time. So uh, two minute, uh, three and three and a half minutes. There you go. So he's averaging approximately one minute per fight. So uh, that'll be interesting Sorry, to see. Two and a half minutes. I lied. I'm math go. good. So, I'm math good. So under one minute per fight. Um, obviously you're, you know, you're, uh, your competition at those lower levels isn't always the best, but there's still pro fights. And the one was on the contender series, which he finished in, I think it was like a minute and three seconds, something like that. So the dude's legit. He's the real deal. And, uh, and we'll get to see that on Saturday as well. Cody Garbrandt, um, Belt of the prelims. The, yeah. Yeah. Cody Garbrandt's the featured prelim against Trevin Jones. Um, Cody Garbrandt's on a bit of a skid, so if he loses this one, his days in the UFC might be numbered. So he's he's fighting for his life on that. Derek Brunson and Drickus Duplessis is a big one. Um, I think that's kind of a trap fight for Duplessis, to be honest with you. He's been on a big run, and he's a big up-and-comer in the middleweight division. I think but it's a name Derek, fighter, too. Yeah, Derek Brunson is a problem for a lot of guys because he's a big, strong dude that can put you on the mat and keep you there and just rain hell and hellfire on your face. So um, 
that might be one to watch for sure. But yeah, a lot of good ones on there, man. I'm excited for this card. And uh and there's gonna be some bangers. Wait a porno? <laughs> oh wow, okay. Uh Derek, any th- any any thoughts on what we've talked about? No, in, I'm in the last in the last 30 minutes. I mean, I'd let you guys run that one because uh, clearly I, I don't know enough about the, the UFC. I, obviously, I talk with Dyer a lot during UFC. We usually go back and forth um, just texting with each other during each fight. But I, I get uh, I, I learn a lot from him when it comes to that. I mean, we both went. Uh, I took him to a, I forget which fight it was. It was Derek Lewis. Um, he fought Sergey Pavlovich that night. Yeah, that's right. yeah it didn't, uh, didn't go very well because I, I really like Derek Lewis. I like watching him fight, but you know, unfortunately he was on the decline, but yeah, this fight, I mean, I, I've, I've liked watching John Jones. He's been very impressive to watch, uh, when it comes to fighting. Um, uh, but I, I like this fight. I think this is going to be a good one. Um, especially to see him come back out and, and fight. So this will be great. I did, uh, I did like your uh, analogy on, uh, Valentina Shrevenko. However you say her name. Um, yeah, chef Shinko. She's she is fun to watch. Um, so I, I'm excited for that. It, it is cool. We're gonna have uh, oh, it's not two title shots. That uh, yeah. the John Jones fight is not a it's not for a belt. It is. It's it is. uh the the belt's vacant, so neither of them is pictured with the belt. Oh, that's well actually, uh, Gane has a belt in his picture. Um, but yeah, so it's I'm I'm excited for the fight. That's for sure. There's not much I can really say. You. You have way more knowledge of this than I do. It's I've never, I've never been to a UFC fight ever. Oh, it's it's a and uh, it's there's fun. one, there, there's one coming to, to the Prudential Center here on on, on May sixth. The problem is because it's in New York City, it's gonna be New York City Arena technically to be fucking expensive. No, it's if you can get tickets, get tickets. I'm gonna try, but like the last, it's it's gonna be expensive out here uh, just because they don't come out here a lot. Um, they haven't been to the Prudential Center in a very long time since 2019, um, and on top of that, they want um, it's going to be for the bantamweight title fight. Is what UFC wants to do, um, supposedly. So it, it'll uh, if I can get tickets, I will. I really want to go to one. It's going to be it's going to be expansive. Yeah, expansive. that's Henry Cejudo making his comeback too. That's yeah. going to be a big one. Yeah, be fun though. And there's a lot of fight fans in the Tri-State area. So it's going to be. Hmm. Yeah. Aljamain Sterling fights out of uh, a gym in New York or New Jersey, somewhere around there. So is, is, is Edgar done done? Edgar, Frankie, Frankie Edgar? Yeah. Yeah. He's done, I think, in uh, at least in the UFC. Because he would be the one that they would trot out there. He's, he's from Tom's River. Yeah. And he'll, he'll, sell, he'll sell tickets just by being him. Huge. There's a few people out in New Jersey, though. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him cornering somebody, maybe. Yeah, like he'll they'll get him involved in some way, for sure, for absolute for absolute sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited. This card is gonna be fun. I might end up paying for this card. Not saying that I didn't pay for the Jake Paul fight because that would be illegal, <laughs> and pirating movies is a crime too, just like stealing a car. Um, you guys remember those commercials? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you steal a car? <laughs> Downloading music on LimeWire is the same. No, no, no. No crime is victimless. 
<laughs> you know, we don't talk about victimless. Let's talk about the artists who are not paying for their song. Talk about victimless. Lose me with that. Missed me with it. Um, Metallica is pissed still. Yeah, well. Oh, the one, uh, one more thing I want to talk about. Forgot about this. One more thing I want to talk about. We'll do it quickly. Uh, the XFL. Not great in terms of quality of play. However, have you guys seen what they're doing with the officiating? Mm. What are they doing there? So, the XFL is doing this really cool thing. Dean Blandino is their head of officiating. Of course, very well-respected, extremely um, trustworthy, ref, former NFL referee, and now done a lot of work with a lot of people. So, what they do now, and I put a, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link in um, to both chats so people can watch if you haven't seen this. What they do now is whenever there's a, a replay or a call, it goes to a live shot of the review process with everybody mic'd up. Meaning Dean Blandino, who is doing looking over the review, is mic'd up. The referee listening is mic'd up a whole nine. So you hear everything from start to finish. It works very much like the, the FIFA VAR system uh, where they're able to do it within seconds. And a lot of people have said and have come out and said, hey, the XFL quality of play is trash. It's not professional quality yet. It's not, it, it's not, it's fun to watch because it's football, but you know, it's like watching college, a little less than college sometimes. Second rate. Yes. The officiating and what they've done with officiating, however, they said puts the NFL to shame because calls that normally, uh, I forget who said it, I forget who did it, but someone did a, a short little study with the small samples as they had. The, the, the time it took to review plays, they took review plays that were the same between the NFL and the XFL was it's minutes quick. different. Yeah, it's the, quick. The XFL was getting it done in under 30 seconds. Yes. And accurately. The NFL was taking two, three, four, in some cases, five minutes and getting the call wrong. Or, and, and people are saying, because the NFL is saying it's not possible to do with a national broadcast. It's hard to figure it out. We don't know how we would do it. And the XFL is like, just going to do it like FIFA does it. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've got it that. It's, I do like it. And I also, I mean, <clears throat> it is like watching minor league baseball is what I would consider it. It's minor yeah. league football. Um, but some of the things are pretty cool. I do like the kickoffs. I think that's pretty intense there. Um, I also like the, the onside kick. Yes. Mm -hmm. That I, I like a lot. You're on the other end of the field. It's fourth and 15. You got to get the first down and go from there. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a good idea. Um, I, I'm not really into the the three, two, one. Yeah, I was about to say same part uh, when it comes to field goal. Um, so that's kind of shitty. Uh, there was something else that they they did too that I liked. Uh, I don't know right now, but. I think it's pretty cool. I think uh, what they're doing is is definitely uh, pretty cool to have that set up. Games are fast as shit. Uh, I will say that. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, the live play calling. I don't know if I like that because it's it's too. I get it. It's for us to see and hear and all that, but I I don't like that. Like you got too too much action or too much microphone going on in the in the plays and the huddle and all that stuff. Cause there's like, to me, 
uh, you know, playing and baseball stuff, there's there is trash talk that's going on. It doesn't need to be heard for other people. It could be, and it could be friendly banner too. Like it could be me and Dyer, you know, facing off with each other, and I'm just talking shit to him. Between me and him, it's it's us having fun, but somebody else could hear it and take it completely the wrong way and think it's something bad and try to make it into something that doesn't need to be happening. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. I think what they needed to do with that is you always have everyone mic'd up, but you don't always play what's mic'd up. So you could go to a situation or where do after a play. Well, no, or even just like it is, uh, is it, it is a hard, you know, third and 10 coming up. Let's go into the huddle. And you just able to push a button and you, it's there because the feed's already there. Or it's like, you know, it's a, it's a second and 18. Let's listen in to the offensive coordinator and see what they're doing. Like one of those like button pushes where you're able to go into it, but you're not always listening it, listening in, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like having a mic during a real baseball game. The all-star well, I mean, game itself is fine, but well, I think that's, training is fine. Well, I think well, that's, where, that's where it comes down to just, you know, what do you choose to broadcast first, what you actually have access to. Yeah. But the big thing is, that for me, is the review system. The fact they're able to do it that quickly. Yeah, I do agree with that. Accurate with it. And it's transparent. It's in the sense of, oh, the official official saw it this way. That's why it is called this way. As opposed to, was it a catch? Or was he in bounds? Well, we don't know why they called that. And then you go, let's go to our analyst. Why do you think they called it that way? I have no idea. Like, it adds a level of transparency that's very rarely seen. Uh, Dyer, what do you you think about that? No, I totally agree. Because how many times do you see... You know, Mike Pereira, what do you think? And he'll say one thing and then the call will go the complete opposite direction. And it's like, what what even are they looking at? How how did they come to this conclusion? <laughs> so it makes sense to have it done the way the XFL does. I think the NFL can uh, take out their notepad on that one and take some notes. Um, and then, Derek, like you mentioned, the onside kick uh, replacement being that fourth and 15 or whatever it is. I think I love that because... With the new rules uh, for for kickoffs and how you can't get that running start, um, as the kicking team has made it almost impossible to recover onside kicks. I mean, that was already a tough a tough play to to uh, convert anyway, and now it's nearly impossible. I think the conversion rate was something like eighteen percent or something like that before. It was less than that, and now it's like four. <laughs> it's it's very little. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I like it. I, I wish the NFL would do something like that. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah, it, I, I think the transparency is what people want from sports. I I think that it's going to be a union battle for, for that because they're, they're going to want to protect their umpires same way as if we wanted umpire uh, uh, reps rather, or umpires in, in baseball is to be the same union battle. Well, do we want to expose them to the same bullshit argument that Derek's brought up time and time again, which is, well, if I fuck up, I got to go stand in front of everyone and talk kind of thing. But I think the transparency is what everybody wants and it holds them accountable. You can't just give a makeup call because we've heard how many times have we heard hot mics in the NHL? Cause they're, Oh yeah. We're, we're Oh, I got to give that one to them. And then that trouble comes out, but that came out because they're mic'd up kind of thing. So how much of that happens in the NFL? That would then get exposed, which would in turn cut down on it. Same thing with MLB, same thing with the NBA. 
kind of thing. Sure. So I, I like it. I think it's a good thing. Um, but yeah. I think, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? No, it's just, uh, it's going to be a big week of sports. You know, spring training's getting getting going big time and got big fights this weekend. More, you know, you or uh, XFL and we're getting closer to the playoffs for the NBA, getting closer to the playoffs for the hockey, which that's going to be fun. Uh, I think that that's we got to try to do something for the, the playoffs of each sport. And don't forget the most wonderful time of the year, March Madness. Is literally right around the corner. In the next month and a half in the UFC is so nuts. Yeah, that's true too. We're in a crazy yeah. sports period right now. It's we're, good. We're in the crazy sports period. Um, we will be doing a show next week. We will not be doing a show two weeks from now, just because I will be in Florida for World Baseball Classic. Florida. Our editor is going to be in Dallas for work. So it just makes life very difficult. And also I'm gonna be at games, so it's kind of hard to, you know. Um, but we will be here next next week for sure. Talk about a bunch of stuff, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to do our baseball draft soon. We've talked about that. We're going to get that mm-hmm. going before the start of the season. Um, and we're also going to get a Around the Horn episode scheduled as well. Um, and kind of figure out and game plan for that, which will be a lot of fun. Um, do we want to do a bracket for March Madness? I haven't really gotten into it. Michigan sucks this year. I don't really pay attention. Yeah. Oh, die right away. Fuck Ohio State today. Just saying. Big 10 refs. <laughs> Big 10 fucking refs. Um, I mean, didn't Michigan still beat Ohio State, so I don't know what he's laughing about. Well, because Ohio State <laughs> just beat Maryland today off some really weird calls. But I'm just convinced that Big Ten refs are just told to ref nice for the home team because it seems, if you look at every Big Ten team, the foul disparity between home and away is crazy. It's insane, the foul discrepancy. I mean, there's, there's not much I can say. Michigan basketball sucks right now. Yeah, you well, listen, you know, you got to be bad at something. I heard your, your hockey team got bounced too. Mm. Notre Dame with the upset. Woo! Yeah, that <laughs> I Notre, know. give Notre Dame a woo. All right, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, you were really close to getting a woo because I was about to tell Terps you deserved one after your UFC presentation. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. You did a great job talking about the fights. And the Jake Paul fight. But then you came along and did something stupid and just ruined it. Like I knew you were going to do. You had everything set in stone. And what did you do? You fumbled the fucking bag. Yep, there it is. Oh, we're all dead. We're all dead. Thanks, Dyer. But was it worth it, Dyer? It was so worth it. Fuck Ohio I'm going to give myself an honorary woo, actually. No, you're not. It doesn't count. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. Yeah. Does Let the nothing. editor decide. Uh, anywho, that's going to do it for us here at Off the Parable for myself, Dyer, and Derek. Thanks for listening in. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Stitcher, feel free to give us a comment, a liking, and anything else you have to do on those sites. It helps us out a ton. Um, be sure to tune in next week. And like I said, we'll have more information next week about our game plan going forward um, and everything like that. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Be good. Be safe. See ya. For the record, Dyer didn't get a woo. Okay, bye. <laughs>